What's that cooking, baby? Five days to training camp. Can you smell it? Victory. <laughs> Victory, right? Five days to the start of training camp. How you doing, man? Welcome aboard, everybody. Another big show for you lined up. Right out of the gate, Hollis Thomas. Bottom of this hour, 3.30. We'll talk Philadelphia Eagles football with the legendary defensive tackle. Get his spin on all things Eagles and some NFL conversation. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. You guys all come aboard with us. Thank you so much. The way you do, Daz, we will not be starting with Sixers talk, Phillies talk, all Eagles and NFL, baby. You got it. That's what stirs the drink of sports today, man. I say baseball and basketball and hockey and some of these other sports, they're putty in the gaps. That's what they are now. Because nobody knows how to market the NFL better than the NFL, and nobody knows how to market football better than the NFL. They're masters at it. Front page, second page, third page. Hell, I don't I barely know the teams that are in the major league baseball races now. But I do know what teams are showing up to training camp. I mean, the NFL season this year, the great thing about the NFL also is this. You know, we start an NBA season out. We do this. There's four teams, maybe, that could potentially win an NBA championship. Right? In the NFL, we do this. Who could win it? Somebody could be like the Rams years ago and come from nowhere and win it. And win the whole damn thing. Eagles, 17. Nobody saw that coming. Not anybody saw that coming with that mass unit that went on to win that Super Bowl with a substitute teacher in Nick Foles. Nobody saw that. That's the beautiful thing about the journey we're about to go on in the NFL. Look, we got summer almost over. 60% of summer's over right now. Okay. And by the way, blue shell crabs, do I miss them on the East Coast? Going to the Jersey Shore. Man, I miss all that. Winter's right around the corner of the fall. We start playing ball here in a couple weeks in exhibition football. We start to get a sense of what these teams are going to really look like. This is really going to be an iconic year for the NFL, in my opinion. By the way, like I've been telling you guys, and we've been going over the Eagles schedule. Today, we're going to do Cowboys. That'll be week six. So we're on our sixth game of the year. That's Dallas Cowboys before you go into the bye. So we're going to get into that here in a minute. I want to start something out here with you guys, though. And Kyler Murray... It's a big deal. I really do think it's a big deal, especially for the folks in Baltimore. Maybe even for the folks in Philadelphia. On what you do with Jalen Hurts after the end of the year. But let me throw this at you here on where the Philadelphia Eagles are as an organization. You know, I got to tell you this. Show me this here. And tell me this. Do you agree of all the organizations in the NFC East, the most stable are the Eagles. 
Are they in really any hurry to make a decision at the quarterback spot? More so than anyone else? By the way, I think the future of the Eagles, the quarterback position, I think it goes around the Cowboys. I'm going to explain here in a minute. But look look at the Giants. Brand new general manager, brand new head coach, and Brian Dable. You got to figure out what the quarterback thing's going to be. Are you going to go after Jimmy Garoppolo? That's some reports. Washington, you have no idea how they're going to react. Carson Wentz is as much as an outlier on what he'll do this year, on whether or not Daniel Snyder owns the team by the end of the year. You got so many things going on in Washington. It is an upside-down organization. There's so much chaos in that organization. How do you win like that? Ron Rivera would be the coach of the year if he wins the division with all the stuff going around that team, with the owner, front office, the lawsuits, all that stuff, man. Craziness that goes on in Washington and has really for a decade. Wouldn't you agree, though? Are the Eagles, are they really in a sense of urgency with the quarterback position? I mean, the division is upside down. Outside of, hey, let's go to Dallas here for a second before we preview them. Salary cap hell, your contract with Zeke Elliott, I mean, the money you gave him, that $90 million, is like an anchor around your neck. You had to jettison Amari Cooper and send him for nobodies to come back to your team, what, fifth and a sixth? And you gave up a one for the Raider, to the Raiders for him? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are in money crunch situations right now when it comes to their salary cap and their roster. Every single team in that division has an issue. The Eagles really don't. We're debating, watch this, we're debating whether or not the quarterback's good or not. Okay? In Dallas, you have no money to bring in even anybody like Von Miller or anybody that you needed in the offseason to maybe replace a Randy Gregory. You couldn't do anything. Bobby Wagner, you were never going to be able to afford him. Washington, as I said, it's a train wreck. Dallas, you don't know what's going on there. And in New York, you don't know. Okay? So really, when you look at it, the Eagles, are you, are, are you in a sense of urgency to make a dramatic move at the end of the year at your quarterback spot? Maybe not. Maybe you do have two years of leeway to figure this out. Would that be fair? If you win the division, like you guys are saying, and like I'm saying, you win the division, you win a playoff game, you get to the NFC championship game, or even into a divisional round, you win 12 ball games, you see improvement at the quarterback, why wouldn't you bring him back? Again, it's not because I think he's a great player, but I would say this, are you under any real pressure to make a move there right now? Are you are you under any pressure? I think we got to wait and see how this plays out, and especially in Dallas. And I'm going to get to why Dallas is important in this whole conversation here. 
Now, Jeremiah makes a great point. Sills, the draft class. Jones says, Sills, no, they're not. Um, we must win the division. Jerry's world needs to be given a stipend to sign those players. I'm with you, man. Okay? Hurt's going to want a, a, a Kyler Murray bag of money. He'll never get that. Dan, you know deep down you are not brought in on you're not bought in on Jalen Hurts, much less the Eagles. I'm completely bought in 1000% on the Eagles. I'm not bought in 100% on Jalen Hurts. So Alan, you're half right. Alan, you'll learn one lesson with me. I don't lie cuz I'm not good at it. You don't if if, if you have a question about where I stand on something, just ask me and I'll tell you. I don't have, okay, I, I'm, I'm not smart enough as a sports talk guy to sit here and try to bullshit you. I'm not smart enough to do that. That's not what I do and who I am, okay? What are you talking about, Sills? Beansy, what I'm talking about is I don't really know if the Eagles are under really that much pressure to figure out whether or not this is the final season for Jalen Hurts or not, especially if there's improvement, okay? But would you not agree with this? Here's what I'm going to say about this coming season because Dallas is truly the gold standard in the NFC East right now, defending champions. I'm going to get to them here in a minute, 2022 Dallas Cowboys. Um, does Jalen have to outplay Dak Prescott to keep his job moving forward? Dak's the best quarterback in the division as of now until, or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo gets into New York or takes that Giants job, what have you. They're talking about that's probably the number one landing spot for him will be the Giants. Okay. Do you think he has to outplay Dak? If you can't beat Dallas, and he can't beat Dallas, he's not the guy. You have to beat that. You have to split with Dallas at least. That's the minimum. Because then you're competitive. Two years you haven't been competitive against the Cowboys. Okay? Two years. Listen, they win 10, 11 games. They split with the Cowboys. They're right there neck and neck with Dallas. He's improved. You're going to bring him back. You're going to bring him back unless something dramatically happens in next April's draft. That's my opinion. you got to outplay Dallas. You've got to be better than Dallas in 2022. Let's do that first, Okay. Don't worry about winning divisions. Don't worry about winning NFC conference championships. Beat Dallas. If you beat Dallas, everything else falls in place. If Jalen outplays Dak, it falls in place. If he doesn't, then we got a problem. You know, and the reason I'm starting the show off with this is how many times did we see some of the best pass rushers in the AFC East? You know what they were trying to do? Slow Brady down. Everybody was trying to slow Brady down. If you played in the AFC, 
You had to have great pass rushers if you were going to take on the Patriots. You had to. Because you had this. You may not have a quarterback that can compete with them, but you got to get pass rushers in there. And you got to slow that guy down. That's the one thing that you love with Howie Roseman did with this Philadelphia Eagle process and putting all those new players on the defensive side of the football. What, what did he do? Pass rushers, corners. This is to defend Dak. You got to beat Dallas. Dallas has to be the priority. It's, it's almost like a college football rival or like Army-Navy. Hey, man, you can win eight ball games. You get in the Army-Navy game, your season goes to hell if you lose that game. You know that. How about, and Xander knows this one, the Alabama game. You could be undefeated, lose the Auburn game. Eh. You want to hear something? If I'm Alabama, I'd rather lose a Southeastern Conference championship game than the Auburn game. (laughs) Okay. I'd rather lose that game because I'm still going to be in the mix for a national title. What I don't want to do is lose Auburn. Dude, I never wanted to lose to Florida or Florida State. I didn't care who we played. Can't get beat by those guys. You just can't get beat by those guys. And that, to me, is exactly what goes on in Philly. You can't get beat by the Cowboys. And most notably, you can't be beat up by the Cowboys. Last year, the Cowboys beat up the Eagles. Never in it. Never in it. Am I right when I say that? If Jalen shows that he is compatible with Dak, you got yourself a guy who in the game with Dak Prescott, that's going to make the front office of Philadelphia at the NovaCare Center stand up and go, we need to reevaluate this. Now, do I think he's in the same conversation as Dak on July the 21st? I do not. He's not as accurate as him, nor does he have the passing arm as Dak. However, and and plus Dak's put up 4,000 passing yard seasons, albeit with better talent. It's a fair comment, but you got to beat Dallas. That being said, 2022 Dallas Cowboys. Don't forget Hollis Thomas at the bottom of the hour here, too. Gannon has to stop Dallas. Got to slow him down. Okay? They only beat crap teams. They did last year, but let's see if that changes. Got tore up up front. They sure did. You're going to see Hurts lose games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but that's when that football team with A.J. Brown and the running attack should be taking over is in the fourth quarter. When you've got a top running game, how are you getting beat if you have a lead? If you have a lead with that old line and that running attack and with an improved defense, you should not be losing fourth quarters if you're Philadelphia this year. You should not be losing. You, you have upgraded at every position on defense. I told you this. This is one of the reasons I'm high on the team. It's not so much the offensive side. Gannon is the person who has to stop Dallas. He's got to put the players in the right position. Okay? No question about it. 
Let me get into the Cowboys here. You have to beat this team. There is nobody else on this schedule that matters. Nothing. Minnesota, Lions, Steelers, Washington, Packers, Colts. This team, you've got to beat the Cowboys. You've got to beat this team. Because it's emotional. You see how much your roster's improved. They will be your nemesis because Jerry spends money and Jeffrey Lurie really doesn't a lot of the, a lot of the times. Got to beat this team. Defending NFC East champions, 12 and 5 last year. They end up losing to the 49ers in the wild card round last year. And again, 27 years they have not made it back to a conference championship game, the Dallas Cowboys. That Ezekiel Elliott contract of six years, $90 million, hangs around that franchise's neck like an anchor, like I said. I mean, even more so than what Dak's deal is. It just hangs around that team's neck. They're squeezed against the salary cap at the end of every single regular season. They've got to make tough cuts, and they had to make some tough decisions this past offseason. There's no doubt. I mean, they were able to get out from under the Amari Cooper deal, which was five years, $100 million, but they surrendered a first-round draft choice for the guy. Did he help improve Dak? Absolutely. Development was there because of Amari Cooper. I completely agree. But they end up turning around getting a fifth and sixth for it. The only thing you basically did there was a salary dump. You basically wanted to let loose by saving some face with a fifth and a sixth in 2022 for a guy you gave up a first-round draft choice for and you were paying $20 million. What a bad move. The Dallas Cowboys got taken to the cleaners here. So you're telling me the Cleveland Browns pick up a top-flight wide receiver for a fifth and a sixth. Are you kidding me? You're right. Fifth and a sixth, and all I have to do is pick up some of his money. Dude, the Browns got over. The Cowboys got taken to the cleaners here. And you're telling me the returning asset was nowhere near what you gave up. Okay? I think one of the most important things Dallas did this year was keeping Dan Quinn and being able to keep the defensive coordinator on that football team. I think Dan Quinn's done a nice job of putting guys in position where the year before, Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator, could not. And they were just getting run all over last year. And Dan Quinn has done a nice job. Dan Quinn did a decent job when he was in Atlanta, getting that team to a Super Bowl, building that defense up. And he did a great job when he was up in Seattle with Pete Carroll. He's, a, he's definitely a defensive-minded guy, and I think he's going to get an opportunity to coach somewhere again, maybe in this coming season here. So... Keeping Dan Quinn in the building was important for Dallas. Basically, you got two head football coaches sitting in Valley Ranch right now, which will help Dallas as they go through this upcoming 2022 season. The offense. The offense averaged 401.4 
yards per game. Four in one yard for per game. Number one in the NFL. They averaged 30.4 points per game. Dallas had it going on offensively last year. 400 yards in total offense. An offense puts on your ass every Sunday and 30 points. Most of the time, you're going to have to get into a shootout with Dallas. Dak Prescott's numbers. 4,449. 37 touchdowns and and 10 picks. Exceptional. Exceptional numbers. Dak had a great year. Zeke was a tick over 1,000. I think 1,002. 4.2. But here's your problem. I'm paying him money. And Tony Pollard's rushing at five and a half yards per carry, making $850,000 a year, where Zeke's making $435,000 a game. Dallas has a salary cap issue and a salary issue there at that position. You got to play Zeke because of the money, but then you look at Tony Pollard. He's more productive. Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders are a lot alike. Okay, they're a lot alike. So, I mean, look, I think this football team, you're going to see most of the time offensively, you're going to see Dallas in 11 or 12 personnel. And I think this football team has an opportunity at winning a lot of games again. I still question what happened on defense. C.D. Lamb, 79 catches, 11-02 for six touchdowns. They got a decent tight end. I think offensively, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to, I think they're going to put up the same kind of points they did a year ago. Toilet says garbage time stats. They did go 12 and five last year and they destroyed the Eagles though. Hey, Toilet, they destroyed the Eagles. Destroyed them. Okay. I mean, it was never close. The, The Monday night game was embarrassing. Okay, so, I mean, the, the, the Cowboys this year, in my opinion, okay, offensively, Dak with 4,449, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. You're going to see them most of the time in 11 to 12 personnel. They've got wideouts. We'll see what C.D. Lamb does. They lost guys in the O-line. It's older. Ezekiel Elliott is not the same guy, and that's one of the reasons why, in my opinion, When you're talking about the Cowboys in the red zone and you're talking about the Cowboys with a two-minute drive, one of the reasons why they can't sustain it, they can't sustain it because they're not getting the production in the running game that they did three years ago. When you get production in the running game, play action pass is there for all these guys. All right, let's get to our friend here, Hollis Thomas. And training camp is five days away And I'm going to start it out here with Hollis. I appreciate you coming aboard here, Hollis. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, So, Hollis, ready? See if we can get him up here and bring him up here. There you go. Hollis, how you doing, brother? Good. Hold on a second. Alexa, turn off music. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I did hear what you were saying, though. If you mind if I interject. uh, Yeah, please. The the one thing that I think that uh, we're forgetting is we, they brought Dak, as, as much as I despise the Cowboys, they should have been and winning playoff games and should have been have uh, brought a title home. It's the coaching. 
You can't bring a quarterback back off an injury and throw 40-plus times in a game where you're getting three, four, five yards a pop, but you want to throw the ball 40 or 50 times and you still lose. That doesn't, that doesn't bowl well for your defense. And in order for them to get production out of the run game, you actually have to run the ball. They're playing them for the pass. You're not, you're not getting any run formations. You're not getting it. Have, have you seen 12s? No, have you no. Seen, <laughs> I was like, have you? Put it this way. Name one of the tight ends that can actually block on the run. That I'll kid wait. Schultz is terrible on in, in the blocking game. Exactly. So when you when you have a good running game, you have you have a couple of tight ends. One is made for pass catching, but there's also one who can catch and could uh, and can block. But they haven't run the ball. You got yeah. Keller Moore, and now they talk about head coach. What the hell for? Yeah. No, what I agree. For? That's like, come on, like, come on, dude. Uh, but I just I heard you talking about that. No, no, no. Let, me, like, let, let me let me take that over to the eagle size on you then, Hollis. Okay. Here, because you meant it's a great point. You when like go back with Chip a little bit even. Well, Chip mm-hmm. wanted to run eighty plays, right? Well, right. shit, man, you're gonna get a ton of three and outs, which is gonna tire your defense out. Yep. You're gonna put most of your guys on IR by the end of the year or mid part of the season. Correct. This year in 2022, do you think the formula for the offense should be, let's start the way we finished last year and go at the passing game incrementally by adding passes. He averaged 28 attempts last year. I don't right. want to see him throwing the ball 40 times out of the game. Exactly. And that's, and that's what and that, see you, you bring, which brings you to the next one. I want to see him averaging 25 throws because that's a, a good balance. You know, the thing that, that a lot of people think that I, I'm always talking about run, run, run. No, keep the defense off guard. It's like if I know you coming out to pass all the time, hell, the hell with the run. I'm trying to stop you from getting big chunk plays because I know that once you get one or two incomplete passes and then you you are forced to run, I can stop you because you haven't done anything. And the play action fakes only work if you're th- if you're running the ball. That's what I was going to tell you about the Ezekiel Elliott stuff. When you run a play action fake, if you have everybody knows that Kellen Moore is not running the ball. He's not right. running the ball any by any stretch of the means. You got you got Dak coming off the injury. The best and the best way to get your offensive line quality confidence is to mash. When you mash and you mash and you mash and the defense cannot do anything about it, it is demoralizing as a defender. And then you don't know if it's pass or run. So you're caught in what I call defensive limbo. Do I attack or do I don't don't attack? When I attack, they throw me down. But when I don't attack, they pass it. So you have to to mix it up. Have to have a good mixture. Hollis, what what, what about this then starting the season out too? Because – for me, if you're looking at the numbers that we saw with A.J. Brown at Tennessee where he averaged 68 catches, 998 yards, and mm-hmm. eight touchdowns a season, right. are we expecting 1,400 more yards or 1,400-yard season? Or are we expecting the same numbers? And I talked to Seth yesterday about this, and I want your mm-hmm. take on it too. Do you think his impact's going to be on third down and in the red zone? That's going to be his biggest impact is going to be there. But if you're looking for a 1,400-yard season out of somebody who traditionally hasn't done it yet in three years, mm-hmm. that's not who he is. Well, no, I'm looking for him to make a quality comp- contribution and add a flair of toughness to our, our, our receiving core. We have, we, have some, uh, we have some 6'5 and 6'6 tight ends that will be able to uh, – that will uh, create some problems down in the red zone. And if we're running the ball properly – we won't have to create those mismatches. And and I love I love uh 
I love Devontae Smith in the red zone. His his route run ability from the inside to the out. It's like it's like it's it's great. But I, it's like, but it, it is true what you're saying though with about about the red zone. You I think that he he's one of those guys that that that's going to get the double coverage. He's going to put some other guys in some particular and particularly the running backs who can catch out of the backfield and the tight ends. It's going to put some pressure more more pressure on the defense than we've been able to do in the past. Jump balls too. I mean, yeah, I'm going ball, with AJ yeah. Brown. Jump ball. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Zone. I'm going with AJ Brown. But also, you got Dallas Goddard down there. Yeah. And then the kid that's coming off a uh, injury that was the tight that was the uh, quarterback. Uh, he he's he's oh man, he's a bit he's a bit of a beast. I'm looking I'm looking to see what he does. He's on a pup list coming out because he had that injury. He had that injury. I'll tell you about that later. You, oh, you play, bro. You you know <laughs> you know you know when they try to keep you. It's like oh sniper sniper. Yeah. <laughs> you went down in practice. <laughs> trainer trainer. Go down, silly owl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like uh, I, I, I'm interested to see what they do. I was uh, I was privy to some some practices as an alumni, and I, I like the Christmas that was going on uh, compared to when I when I went to the practices last time. It was really no uh, like last time. It was like everybody was feeling their way around. Now you got a core of guys who know what they're doing, know what they expect, and they've been in the system for a year. I think the I don't know if you were going towards this, but I think the person who's kind of on the hot seat is uh is like it's a uh, Keith Gannon. Um is, is Keith Gannon or Jonathan Gannon? Jonathan Gannon. Bad with Jonathan? Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, Jonathan. I want to call him Keith so bad because Keith is the almost the ugliest uh, ugly. Hey, hey, does the- it matter what his first name is right now? He's got approved. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's got to give me the ribbons first name because I, I don't know if Seth told you we were uh me and him were texting back and forth doing the uh New York Jets game when we were playing against the Zach Wilson, and we were just like showing him vanilla coverages like he was the second coming. And he, he torched us for 12 or 14 and two touchdown passes in the first half. And then we started getting to him uh, in the one shot. But that was that's too late. If you let if you let a veteran quarterback get that hot, you're done. It's like you don't you do not give a kid a chance. You you, you show him everything. You do what the what Tampa Bay did to us in the playoffs. You throw everything at his ass. That's a young we have a young quarterback. First time in the playoffs, hit him with the kitchen sink. That's that's what you're supposed to do to Zach Wilson. I don't know if if, uh, if Jonathan's going to have the the ability or, or the well, as I say the technical fortitude to do what it takes to get this defense into a top five defense. Because I feel like you have the players and you have the tools around you. What are you going to do with them? I just don't see the creativity in him lining Thank these you. guys up. And Hollis, do you think this team is more set up for a forty three or thirty four front? I think this team is is set up for. Uh, whatever, whatever the opposing team has trouble with. Okay. Because, you have, because you, when you have a defense, you have to have multiple. So you saying they're versatile enough? Yes, I feel like they got the they got a, a, enough linebackers to to run uh, four linebackers out there, and they got the big guys on the interior to run like a three man a three man bare front up the middle and cause and create some havoc. And it's like it, you do you do certain things like that to cause problems for the other team. But I feel like they got a, they they're four three front though for, uh, on the Ferrilla. Because you you want that uh unless he unless he does something stupid I I, I can just see him doing something stupid. I don't like, trust him. Yeah, I mean either, me neither. I don't I don't trust him as well. I, I mean, here's you and me talking here. I wonder what the players are thinking when you're sitting here and you're going like this. And you know, and here let me lead you into this. There's so many new faces, and you got a training wheel coach, and you got all these new faces. You got a training wheel head coach, and I mean by that is they're brand new at what they're right. doing going into their second year. And I saw no creativity last year. I'm just wondering. I mean, does it bother you, Hollis, that there's a lot of new faces on that side of defense? I mean, two new corners, 
two new linebackers. You're adding some depth in your defensive front. There's mm-hmm. a lot of new faces on that side of the ball. No, no, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I'm not the thing that um, that that, that kind of worries me. It, it that not even worries me. Is he he's got everything that he needs now to run a defense to uh, run a pressurized defense. Pressure bust pipe. A lot of people don't like to hear the cliches, but pressure does bust pipes. If you oh, yeah. give a guy all day to throw back there, he's gonna he's gonna be a pro bowler and he's gonna look like an all time great. But if you make him make quick decisions and, and force him to put the ball in, into very, very, very small windows, I feel like we went got the coverage on the back end. So what's your excuse now for not blitzing? What, what's your excuse now? It's like you, it's like you have the guys to cover now. You have the cover, guys covering the back end. You have the guys up. You have the big guys up front. You cannot get them into what 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 happened last year. And I, I don't know if you remember this comment. I'm I'm paid to make sacks. Do you remember that comment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know why he said that? Because the guy, the guy who's calling the defense, is not doing anything else but telling us to get upfield, and, and we're in the same position and the same the same position. We're not doing anything exotic or anything like like we were saying creative. You're not running any stunts. The times we ran stunts, we were killing. We, it was like we were killing from the word go. It's like if you want to if you want to do that vanilla stuff after we after we after we mesmerize people, cool. But don't have us like that the whole game. Because I don't know if you, this is another comment that was made in the playoff game by the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator and Tom Brady. But nowhere going to be at. They're not deterring away from anything they did in the first game. The fact that the opposing team knows that and, they, and they're not Bill Belichick. And they said it. And they said it out loud so cameras can hear it. It lets me know that you need, you need to get it going to your bag of tricks. So it's not even about tricks. It's like you have to come out there and, and put some pressure on people. You have to force the issue. Our defense is supposed to be organized chaos. We're supposed to force you to do whatever we want you to do. And we're and right now, we're letting everybody do what they want when they want. As Tell, like me something. Go ahead. Tell me something, Hollis. I mean, you know, like I said, we had Seth on yesterday. And to me, yeah. I, I, I know that you – I hope that you feel like I when, – when I played for Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy's defenses in Dallas, it was all penetration, three-gap, one-gap technique, mm. Three and a one, getting up yep. the field, getting in your gaps, getting after the quarterback, bringing some stunts, dictating the tempo exactly. of the That's game. The word. And yep. I don't know. I feel that is going to happen. With I don't see this guy like, hey, we're going to dictate pace. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's a, and it's funny you say that because uh, under you were under Jimmy Johnson, I was under Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson's defense, it was a ta- it was a tax style, but we, we also had some creativity to get some to confuse the opposing offense. We had run stunts that if if the pass shows, you keep going to the quarterback and put pressure in his face. You put pressure in his face or get him down and get him down quick. It's like we you never put the you never put the secondary in the bind. We put the secondary in the bind so much because our line the linebacking core that we were presenting was less than stellar. I was like, but you suppose the way that you get the guys' confidence is having them thinking less. He has way too. It seems like he has way too much thinking to do to be in his de- in his defense. If you get, see see ball go hit ball, the, I mean it's not it's, it can't be it's, it's not that complicated. Yeah, it's, it's his his uh, I still think his um his style was just too soft, and that's yeah. that's the best that's the best. We're ranked number ten, and we probably ranked number ten due to the personnel we had. We had some guys who were playing uh, with their hair on fire, and some other guys who were carrying some other guys. And we uh, we had some, some timely interceptions and some uh, we didn't our turnover uh, we need to get more turnovers as well. I didn't see that many turnovers and he didn't put our guys in position to win. 
if you stand at 10 yards off the ball and it's third and five, what the, what the hell do you think they're going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 like you said, Hollis, you're not going to be sitting here right, trying to recreate the wheel here because like Tom yeah. Brady and Byron Leftwich said, we knew what they were going to do. Yeah. From the get-go. And, and, and this is, a, and this is, a, nobody cares if you, if you steal something from anybody else. I've learned a long time ago, this is a copycat league. You see what, you see what gives them problems and you do it. If you can do it, cool. If you can't do, do, do what you do best, but you never let a quarterback stand back there like he playing seven on seven. And we did that too many times. And I know the guys up front was getting sick and tired of standing still. And it's pretty much the offense line. If you know where he's going to be at, you know, he's not doing, you know, he's not doing the stand inside. And that's now that I say that, that's probably what had a lot of offensive lines flustered because they didn't know if we was going to attack them, or if we was going to slant inside, or he's going to slant outside, or what, or what we had in store for him. I was like, and and I, I don't see that type of uh, that type of creativeness right now with our Johnson Gannon. And let me I, ask I, you I, about let me ask you sure. about um, T.J. Edwards here. I think you probably have to love this guy because yeah, that's my kid. Watch this here, and I and I said this. Uh, to everybody yesterday, I go like this. I go, man, everyone is, and you must have been a part of this a million times in your career. They bring the new shiny toy in. They're yeah. trying to replace Hollis. They yeah. got all this guy here. And all yeah. of a sudden, here's this guy, Edwards. And I'm telling you something, what he did last year. Here was the only linebacker that filled the gap. Here's yep. the only line guy, linebacker that ran to the ball, kind of galvanized yep. that group. Yep. And to me, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't know if N'Kobe Dean beats that guy out this year, man. Because don't you <laughs> I know, I think that fires him up a little bit? I know. Well, I know it fires him up. The the, the pack. To put it this way, our linebacker core is going to be formidable. It's like, and I, I know N'Kobe Dean can play all three positions. See, so if N'Kobe Dean is making plays, he's going to force them to put him on the field. But okay. T.J. Edwards saying it's not my spot that he's going to be in. It's like uh, T.J. Edwards. I, I love T.J. at the middle because. I loved him, and, and even in college at the University of Wisconsin. I seen him coming out. He wasn't that fast, but he was smart as hell. And I've seen how, how he's um, how later. In, if you notice later in the season, how the thing that w- that were catching him early in the season was not catching him later on in the season. So he's le- starting to learn the system. And I want to see him in the second year of the system. But Nicobe Dean, Nicobe Dean's a playmaker, and what you want on the field is playmakers. If they don't have him on the field, then we got the right playmakers out there. But if if, if he gets on the field, it's going to be because he's earned it. Because we got the ki- a kid out of a out of a LA from the LA Chargers as well, and then he he's a beast as well. So yeah, white. It's, yeah, white. Is it, is it, is it Kaiser Kaiser white? Yeah, Kaiser white. Yeah, yeah I, I love the way he plays. He's attacking the machine. I think we got a lot. Of, that's what I'm saying. Our linebacker. I know the deep defensive backs are happy as well because when you banging somebody to the inside and they catch like a little inside route, and then. He, you don't have no linebacker there to either turn them back to you or, or stop them. And we get off the field, you chase them <laughs> like Tom, like Tom chase Jerry, and it's a, it's a, and it's the first down, and we got three more downs on the field. I, and because I, I talked to, some, I actually talked to a couple of the nickelbacks. I was like, I know you're happy they got some linebackers, some linebackers they can actually cover to know what the hell they're doing. Because the the, uh, the Nathan Gary and the I love Alex Singleton, but come on. Come on. <laughs> Hey, hey, Hollis, what do you think the role Milton uh, Williams will have on this football team? Milton, he's going to be that. Uh, that uh, he's going to play both defensive end and, and defensive. So target. he's going to be a swing D lineman. You think? I think. I think. We we uh, and I know if if you if you's down there with Jerry Jones in uh, Dallas, you know that they you run defensive lines in waves. So you oh, get yeah. people that you get people that can actually play and start and can start with some consistency. 
the in your in waves. So at the end of the game, you want your you want your quarter horses in there. You want the one that that's gonna bring you home. You want the starters in there at the end, but you got to make sure you get them to timely rest rest throughout the game. Not not no bunch of plays, but he's gonna be one of the guys that gets about about twenty to twenty five plays. Whereas as a starter, he's gonna get. 45, 50, 60 sometimes, depending on the position. But he's going to get one of those guys get 25, 30 plays. It's going to start out low, as like from 15 to 20, to see how he handles it. Because it's his second year. You don't know if he's going to have the, the uh, sophomore, the sophomore uh, jinx. But it's like you give him a start, give him the tw- uh, 15 to 20 plays, see how he handles that, and then then he's going to be splitting reps. And it depends on, and it kind of depends on the opponent too and, you know, and, and who he got up. Let me take you over to the other side, the offense, for a couple questions here also. Okay. Um, who do you think benefits the most this coming season having A.J. Brown outside of Jalen Hurts in the huddle, Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard. Why? Uh, because all that speed on both edges, they're not going to be able to cover. Those sail routes and stuff, they're going to be wide open. If you, you're telling me you're going to leave the, you're gonna leave the outside guy one-on-one oh. with those two guys? No. <laughs> so we're, we're looking at a big season for Goddard, then you think? We look, I'm looking at a big season for Goddard, but I'm all, I'm what I'm looking for is a, a um, I'm looking for a big season from all, all the guys, all the pass catchers, and I'm not talking about like no like no, like no record setting season, but I'm looking for them to to make a, a tremendous strides from what they did last year. I'm looking for Dallas Goddard not to miss some of the passes like like he missed last year. I'm looking for uh, Devontae Smith to 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 get on top of people more and to use his uh, route running abilities to uh, put people in the mix. And I'm looking for A.J. Brown to do what the hell he's been doing. <clears throat> but I'm also looking if uh, if the boy, if Booby, if Booby, if Booby Miles, <laughs> if Miles Sanders, if he puts his if he puts his thing cap on and gets to run it downfield, all this stuff will culminate and we'll have one an offensive juggernaut here. If it, but, it, but we have to get him running downhill. He can't try to hit the home run every time because if you try to hit the home run every time, you're running sideways. And as a defense lineman knows, what, what, what do we want him doing? Run them, run them running east and west, so we can get, so we can give my best. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Hey, Hollis. One of the things that I just think that they have to improve mightily is their screen game. I mean, yes, thank I mean, you. Their screen game is like Tom Brady. Here's Tom Brady's career. Watch this: dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Slot one time over the top. Tight end, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Tight mm-hmm. end. Throw it. I mean, he mm-hmm. made a career of doing that. Yeah. And yet we don't have that in our arsenal. That's but you know, you know, you know what? A screen the screen game is, is gonna come. I, I think it's gonna come uh because uh it, it's it's probably gonna be more with the uh with the with one of the new with one of the new guys. Is that you, coaching? You have to, uh I think it's I think it's more of the uh person the personnel too, something okay. Do you think yeah, well, well, not Jalen. I think it's more more the, the back sometimes. Okay, the back, backs. The back is making it conspicuous because if you stand up like this all of a sudden, as a defense <laughs> lineman, as soon as I see you do this, I oh, know yeah. all you're gonna do is try to throw me down and turn around and catch the ball. But it, it's, it's like it's it's the different guys. Like Boston Scott is is good at it. It's like because you 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 have to. It's it's all in everybody. But then then to the offensive line. When I say personnel, the offensive line has got to get better at uh, you know, at, at selling it. It's yeah. Like because I because I. I, cause I I can look at I can look at it all the time until well I'm a I'm a jerk because I hate it. I hate a screenplays and you cannot you was not throwing the screenplay on me. If you throw me all of a sudden you let me invite me upfield. Oh uh, yeah. I'm Dude, not coming screen, to watch this, Hollis. As soon as the guy lets you and opens up a hole, here's the thing you do. You're looking left and you're looking right because you're <laughs> even thinking this. 
there's going to be a trap a play trap. coming or there's a screen play coming. Yep. Or you're episode, out in the perimeter. Or the ever so prominent where the offensive guard and the, and the center, they throw their hand out and put and like make you stay in your gap. They try to influence you. No, no they're not trying to influence you. You know that that's a, that's a wham play coming where yes. the fullback is coming back. Because <laughs> they like, you be like, hey, what's, what, what's all this? They want you to, you know who got pissed at me? Uh, we playing against the Buccaneers, <laughs> and they kept trying to run. Uh, it was Alex? Uh, who's the tight? I think it's Alex Smith, the tight end. Yes. A, yeah. He, so he was he was getting pissed. He's like, "Why won't you run?" It was when I was playing with the Saints. Why won't you run the field? I was like, "Every time y'all y'all run, two tight ends to one side and a third tight end in motion, I know the Wham's coming. Tell them to switch the formation." <laughs> he's like, "Why won't you run the field? They keep running this play." I thought he's like. <laughs> this was the argument on the field. Why won't you run that field? They keep running this play. I told them, you know what it is? I was like, yeah, I do know what it is. I'm not going to – am I supposed to let you make a highlight reel on me? No. <laughs> hey, hey, Hollis, you bring a great point up too about – and I brought this up yesterday with Seth on pass protection. Now, listen, they had the number one rushing attack last year. But you right. know what? In the second half of the season, they weren't really asked to pass protect – how do I know? And this offense was 27th in the passing game. I mean, they're going to be asked to do a different skill set this year than what they were doing last year in the sense of this. They ran the ball 35 times in the second half mm-hmm. per game. They, they threw the ball 25 times, okay? If you're going to try to improve your passing attempts and your passing game, attempts have to go up because mm-hmm. you've got A.J. Brown now and you've got Devontae, you've got Dallas Goddard. So you're trying to improve that. My question is this. Are you comfortable with these guys being versatile enough to be able to be pass-protecting on a mobile quarterback? Do you think on what you saw a couple years ago with Carson Wentz, they gave up sacks? Now, he held on to the ball. He was hero ball. I get all that. Yeah, But But they haven't been asked to pass-protect like that in the last year. But when you you look at at the way – that they was doing that they were doing things as far as the pass attack. The pass attack comes off the play action and it comes off some other stuff too. But I feel like Jalen gets rid of the ball a little bit better than Carson. Uh he, he's more decisive he in his decisions. And the and the part the part where uh we'll have confidence in him is once you once you get the once you get the running the ball, the reason why the run is so important is for the pass. Because when you run a play action, you want us to believe that it's play action. You and we you want us to think it's a run. But you want us to believe that. I think I think the strides will be made with guys catching the ball, the guys that you mentioned, with them catching the ball, uh, not 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 just sometime or not just everybody's like, oh, the ball's up, ah, he missed it, and what hit him in his hands. Well, so <clears throat> I think the um, that, but it's still the running, running the ball like you were saying, and like that. That means we're kicking somebody's ass. Yeah, oh, yeah. And when you run, when you run the ball, <clears throat> when there's no incomplete passes. And you're steady getting first downs. The clock keeps on going. Your defense gets stronger. So when you do put them out there, they go out there and slam the door on the sucker. So the next formation that you line up in is the victory formation, the best formation known to man. It's the Hollis, best how many times today. have you sat on the bench? How many times have you sat on the bench, man? The team's running the ball for 200 yards on you. Your D line coach, your D coordinator comes over, and you're like this. I don't know. See, when the guy's throwing it for 300 yards, <laughs> you're in the game. But when right. somebody's – I say this, when somebody's running the ball for 200 yards in an NFL game on you, mm-hmm. it's like having on one us. hand tied behind your back and uh, you, you're, you're surrendering. You can't do anything about it. I tell you, I tell you the, the word – you talk about on me. As the, on, I think the worst rush attack – worst time uh, me playing the run was against uh, 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 Terrell Davis uh, during that two, 
during that two years when they was uh, some back-to-back champions. Alex that I, zone blocking. Yeah, no, that cheat that that was some cheating shit. Yes, it was cheating shit. <laughs> yes. If you're gonna protect the quarterbacks, protect all of us. Don't it's like you, it's like if I'm running to the sideline and, and some fuck stick back here goes back goes and chops my legs from under me. That's that's not football. You know what I'm talking about? They injured a bunch of guys. And so I but it, but I commend because them. Because he's from but, the McKittrick tree and they used to do the leg whip and all that stupid shit I, from I know. and if you're standing near a pile. They'll kind of try to teacup you. They do all that yeah, shit. I, I know. That's why a lot of a lot of the guys get hip tossed by me because I, I would see him coming out the corner of my eyes like, yeah, okay. But uh, and uh, he got chased up the tunnel by my boy <laughs> Howie Long. <laughs> Howie Long, Howie Long was that? Because I, I I know I, I played with Chris, and so I, I actually Howie Long was like one of my favorite D linemen. It was Howie. It was me, Joe Green, uh, Bruce Smith, and Howie Long. How long became my ultimate favorite though when he chased Alex Alex Gibbs up that up that uh up that tunnel after that uh, Raiders played against uh was it the 49ers? No, it was McKittrick yeah. he chased because ah. McKittrick did the leg whip on him and it, because Randy Cross used to do that to me, and Randy's my boy, man. Those guys 49ers, <laughs> then they took it over to San, I mean uh, to Denver, like you said. Dude, yep. I mean, they constantly but, tried leg whipping you. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's a uh, the funniest, the funniest crap though is, uh, is that is like you said when you when that's happening to you, everything they're doing is working, and all you can do is, is like it's like you can look at the the coach. He knows when we're licked too because he look he looks at the Chiefs and like, oh well, throw the sheet down. It's like try, try to get your hand, try to get your hand on somebody. <laughs> hey, hey Hollis, do you agree that this year? I I started the show out today by saying this. I don't care about the division title. The, I don't care about the Packer game, I don't care about Minnesota. This team's got to beat Dallas. Oh, they yeah. got yeah. to beat that's Dallas it, it. to know yeah, where they, they are. Be, yeah, it's like the, that's right Right now, this is a, this is actually, to me, this is a defining – this this season is a – I feel like it's um, is a, is Jalen's defining moment. They, they've given him all the weapons he needs. They put – it's kind of like – but it's also – uh, Jonathan Gannon's defining moment too. They've given they've uh, give, given uh, Jalen all the uh, sorry about this my my beard comb. Uh, <laughs> they've given Jalen <laughs> all the weapons he needs offensively with a quality offensive line. All you have to do is make the proper decisions and score. They've given Jonathan Gannon everything you need everything everything you need defensively. It's up to you to come up with some creativity and whoop some ass. If you can't do that, then we have to move on from those two guys. And that, that's that's the way I'm the way I'm the way I'm looking at it. I'm expecting two more wins, at least one versus those Yahoos, the, the Cowgirls, because I I hate them with a passion, uh, because there is a sense of entitlement. You the, Jackson, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars have more playoff wins than you since 1996. Shut up. Hey, dude. You know I'll tell you why I love you, man. Because you know what? You're you, <laughs> hey, you're like Tom Brady. You played with a lumberyard on your shoulder, man. You weren't drafted <laughs> in it. Had to piss you off because you played 12-plus years, and you're going like this. Wait a minute. Guy, and I want everyone to know this. Guys don't play 12-plus years that weren't drafted. <laughs> okay? They, he's less than 1% of the one percenters that go on <laughs> and do what you did. You understand that, right? You, I know you know that. Uh, well, as I, I know when people uh, bring it up. It's like, but I was, I loved football and I wasn't going to every Hollis, I, I played, played three years and was the 56 player taken. You were undrafted and played 12 plus years on 15. some dynamic football teams. 
I have the greatest respect. And I tried for to, you. I tried to steal. Thanks. I tried to steal the last two years. You know how you steal those last two years where you're just a locker room guy. And the, I, I don't know if I ever told you. I, I haven't told this story before. So I was playing. I was down with uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I was trying to steal that that, that 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 one of those fatal last years. And so I, I didn't know the defense. So it just brought me in. So uh, they we go out for a walkthrough. And so we had to walk through. They's like, first defense out there. So I was standing, standing next to Brian Baker. You know who Brian Baker is? He's a coach. Standing next to – he was a D-line coach. He's standing next to him. He said, what the hell are you doing? I was like, I, I don't know the defense. He said, you know how to play nose guard, don't you? I was like, yeah. You know not there. They'll tell you the rest. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I ended up starting there. It was a, it was, it was a great time, though. It was, it was, a, it was a fun time. Uh, but I didn't get to steal those two years. Like I saw a couple of guys at the end of their career, they were still like two years. They were just a locker room guy, and like if you needed a backup, that's like I was like I was like, oh man, on my on my tail of the mat, I'm gonna get that. Not you, not me. Sixty. They even made up a they even made up a nickel defense, so I had to stay on on nickel too. It was called big nickel. I was like, are you kidding me? Because we were playing. Actually, we were playing against the Patriots, and they saw when I wasn't in the game, they start running the ball. So they would do this, this mini nickel, and then do this. That was me, big nickel. So they just left me a nose guard <laughs> and brought nickel. three. Yeah, they brought that brought three defensive ends, three defensive ends, and be in. I was like, man, man, you know, I after playing first and second down and uh, and giving your heart out on first and second down, you know, you want to relish in the thought of going to the sideline and watching everybody else scramble for uh for uh, sacks. Last but two I didn't questions get for you, Fletcher okay. Cox. Fletcher Cox's career, what do you think it was in Philly? And by the way, probably his last season in Philadelphia, 14, 40 mm. year. They're probably yeah. going to move on, obviously, after Jordan Davis. Right. What do you think they, what his time was in, in Philadelphia? I think he had a tremendous, a tremendous career, dude. He helped bring a he helped bring a title here. I was like, that was that was like one of my main goals. He helped, he helped, he uh, anchored the team to help bring a title here. And he 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 performed great in in and out. And that's but I think at, at times you have to I have to look and I, I know he probably looks at it the same way. He went through a couple of coaching regimes, and he got the good coaches, and he got the bad coaches, and he got the crummy coaches. And I, I think at this point in his career, I think he's he's kind of tired because uh, watching him play last year, I, I, and I think he's tired and a little bit bored because watching him play last year, you get so tired of doing. You just left both coaches had they had no creativity in what they do with you, as like to stand there and take on double teams all the time. That shit is for the birds. Move me around. Let me let me, let them let them wonder what I'm doing. If you if you'd like the key focus of a defense, because I know he's on everybody on their offense. They they have make account for him. They make sure that they double team him. Now, there was some times that he didn't get double teamed and stuff. And it's just like one of those things where it's like move me around, make me interested. You have to you have to get guys like that attention. But I think he's going to be he's he's one of the all time great teams. So How about this, no, no I, about think it. I think he's going to roll into the kind of role that Adamic and Sue did. To me, if I'm the Eagles this year, okay, mm -hmm. and say that Jordan Davis starts playing well, I mean, I don't mind being Adamic and Sue. $10 million in Los Angeles, another yeah. $15 oh, no, million but, but that's what, in Miami. But see, that's what, but see, that's what I think he's going to do. He's going to get get with somebody that's winning and get into a, rota get into a rotation. Yeah, It's like get into a rotation and still contribute. I think that's what that's what he's gonna do after this, unless he unless he just wants to leave and, and leave it just being a defensive tackle to play for one for one team his entire career. I mean, you, you know, you get out there, and, yeah, but I, I I do know the one thing that I always tell the guys is that you don't uh, 
don't walk away if you still can play because you're going to be kicking yourself in the ass about three years later. If you walk away and you're not doing anything and you're just chilling and you don't have nothing to do, it's like you start looking for stuff to do. Ah, now we, now, hey, now you want to get back in shape and come back, but it's too late now because was it was it your time to go? Did you know? Oh yeah, it was oh yeah, it was my time to go. I dude, I went I went and worked out for Pete Carroll when he first came back. And I say worked out, but I was like, I, I think to myself, dude, you know what I can do? I'm not I say if I have to run a thousand yards, like cause it's like the 10 half gas or 10 10 one ten. If I have to run a thousand yards in the game, we 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 fucked. It's like <laughs> <laughs> But he, but he, he put me through a a, a gauntlet of of uh, those dynamic stretches and warm up, and it was like, okay, that was the warm up. I was like, you know what? Give my ticket back to. Uh, I was living in Houston at that time. Give my ticket. Give my give my back trip. Give my back ticket to Houston and give me my per diem. I was like, because I'm done. Because I'm <laughs> I'm going to lay by my pool. I was it was done. Hey, that, so was you that, looked at it. Okay, no, Big Daddy. A, it's time a, for Big Daddy to move on here. Yeah, exactly, but it was it was a dynamic warm up, and then I, I, it was it was two guys on the team, uh, Raheem Brock and Brandon Stokely, who was a little longer than two two. And I was like, "Does he take care? Does he take care of veterans?" They was like, "No." I was like, "Well, <laughs> I've seen all I need to see." Hey, yeah, Hollis, I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story about Kevin Fagan, how he stole money at the end with the Niners. He mm-hmm. goes like this, man. He goes, "We got to do this thing for like." for like Carmen policy here. So he worked himself up, man, got himself a shape, ran a four, eight was this and that by the time training camp came, he went like this. He had just signed the contract going into camp. He gets hurt, doesn't play. He goes like this. Sills, I stole 1.8 million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hollis, thank you, brother, man. You're always awesome, man. It's special. Appreciate it. It's Appreciate always great, you, man. man. Thank you so much for coming aboard, man. We'll catch up down the road again. Thank you, my friend. I- Hey, where, where you located? Because I'm a, you know, I travel with uh, I travel with Philly Sports Strip. So if I'm in a city near you, come on out. If you're out in LA, oh, okay. okay, I got, I got, I got to see if we got it. I know we got a trip to Arizona this year. Okay, we well, dude, let me know because my daughter goes to school at Arizona. She she goes to school at Arizona. Okay. We'll hook up. We'll go to lunch. Oh uh, yeah, because uh, you know, well, actually, Seth will be down there for that game for the Eagles play in Arizona. I'm there. Let me, hey, we'll let also, me know. Hey. Hooters on Big Sills. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Honey barbecue wings on. <laughs> you got it, Hollis. Thank right. you, my friend. You got it, man. That's great stuff, man. God, I'll tell you what. Hollis and Seth Joyner, now friends with Big Sills. What an honor. Those guys are just absolutely – for you guys to understand something, too. Hollis plays 12-plus seasons in the National Football League, and he's not drafted – He's supposed to be a guy that's holding a bag, okay, and then getting shipped out of town. Those guys don't make teams. You don't play 12 years in the National Football League. You don't. You just don't play like that. I mean, very seldom do you see a guy like Tony Romo, for instance. Tony Romo not being drafted and holding every single Dallas Cowboy passing record is unbelievable. Now, some of you will go like this. We're almost sucked. No, we didn't. Undrafted, no draft equity. You didn't have to pay him any money for two years. That guy, he completely overachieved in his career. Guys, Kurt Warner cut five times. Turns out to be a Hall of Famer. 
talk about overachieving. Those are the kind of guys you sit there. And I tell you this all the time, too. Half the league is made up of those guys, too, man. I'll tell you something about Hollis, man. He was a rough dude when it came to playing the run. Spectacular. All right, we'll reset. I have a question for you, and it surrounds the Kyler Murray, and it kind of brings into focus a little bit of Jalen Hurts. Brand new contract that Kyler Murray signed. We're going to hit on that. How that affects the guy in Baltimore and also Jalen Hurts moving forward. Please hit the like button. Hour two. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. By the way, over on my Twitter page is a great picture of Buddy Ryan. I had forgotten Buddy Ryan came down to our practice his first year as a head coach in Philly. 
Jimmy Johnson sent me the picture last night. And Buddy came down. This is after, I th- it was the 86th season, I believe was his rookie season as head coach of the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. I think he won five games that year or something. And him and Jimmy were friends. Seth, Seth texted me and he goes, I never knew Coach Johnson and Buddy Ryan were friends. Oh, my God, they were. They became enemies when he coached the Cowboys. But Buddy used to come down to our practices, and I completely forgot about it. And Jimmy reminded me, don't you remember what he did with you guys? So listen to this. This is incredible. Coach Jimmy Johnson reminded me of this. Buddy Ryan, who had just left the Chicago Bears and the 46 defense, he came down, Butch Davis, Dave wants that, and Jimmy. And he got all of us together, our 86 defensive line, which is considered the greatest line in Miami Hurricane history. And he just looked at us and he goes like this. The reason we dominated in Chicago was because I had McMichael, Hampton, Dent, and I had those dudes. We were able to do a variety of things with Blitzes, with Singletary, with Rivera, with Wilbur. And Plank and all them guys, because our front four guys owned the game. Every game, we owned it. This catching and this Jonathan Gannon style of defense, that soft play stuff was completely foreign to a guy like Buddy. We sat there with him for a full three hours, and Buddy Ryan showed us the 46 defense. And he said, I'm going to be implementing these shades, which eventually, guess what? Jerome was there at Miami at the time. And he ends up taking Jerome and myself and Stubbs to lunch. And he says, you guys can dominate football. We did. And can you imagine? We were coached by Buddy Ryan for a full day, three hours, giving us technique, technique I used. And we were just, we were enamored. And so was Butch, our D-line coach. Jimmy was like this. He was teaching us different types of shades on how you can line up and tilt yourself where it'd be impossible for the guard to catch you automatically. He, he, he was showing us the 46 on what made the 46. The reason they called it the 46 is because you had to have a great safety. We had Benny Blades. And he says, you guys can run this 46. So we called it Kane's G, but it was the Buddy Ryan 46 we ran. And Coach sitting there with us, man, and him going like this, you guys should eat like dogs. He goes, I watched game film on all four of you guys. You should guys, nobody should block you guys. And they didn't that year. Nobody blocked us. I think we gave up 1.2 yards per rush. I think we gave up like seven points, not even, maybe like five points a game or some shit like that. We're the number one defense in the country. And he was like, oh, he was, he can't, you know, what was great about Buddy Ryan, by the way, that picture is on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show. Um, that three hours just shows you how crazy smart some of these guys are compared to others. I mean, you could, you could be in a room with a guy for three years, not learn a thing. You could be in a room with a guy like Buddy Ryan and you're in the room for three hours with the guy. 
let alone this. I forgot we were on the field for three hours. Then he took us in the film room the next day. And before he left, we sat in the film room with him for about two and a half hours. So I had two days of coaching from Buddy Ryan, who would go on and build that Eagle defense and gang green. And all the things that he implemented for you guys in Philly, it started in Miami when he came down in the preseason. Even before his camp started, I think he came down for spring ball. That's when he came down when he was named the head coach. He came down because he wanted to see how we ran that 43 and how because we were so we were so aggressive and Jimmy was so aggressive with that 43 and he wanted to see some variations off it. Him and Jimmy were great friends, man. And that's why when that whole rivalry took off, I was kind of shocked because I had seen Buddy Ryan around our practices a lot. Him and Jimmy talked a lot. He, I mean, dude, Buddy's one of the greatest defensive coaches. Even Seth, like I told you, I text Seth. Seth Joyner goes like this, Sills. I never knew Jimmy was friends with the guy. I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, I always was shocked the other way that they were enemies at the end because he was always there at practice with us. Shit, we'd look up Switzer's there, Turno's there. Holtz would be there, Buddy Ryan would be there, Bud Carson would be there. I mean, we'd, we'd see some of the coaches that were in the NFL and constant, constantly down at our practices just watching us play because they couldn't believe how hard we played. So, yeah, I had completely forgotten. And Coach Johnson reminded me, don't you remember Buddy coaching you guys for a couple of days? One of the greatest educations. He brought all these coaches. Bud Carson came in one year. And they were teaching us um, the steel curtain defense. Buddy came in. This was all like just sitting. And he would have these coaches sit down with us or on the field. And you know what was great about us? We listened to him because there's Buddy Ryan. This guy created the 46 defense. And why wouldn't we listen? And he, I remember him getting out, guys, you got to run to the ball, son. You want to make a play? Run to the ball. You don't want to make a play? Run to 7-Eleven. He's talking to our guys, and Jimmy started laughing. I'm going, he's right. <laughs> oh, man. Ryan won a Super Bowl with the Bears. He had just done that and got the Eagle job and came down and saw us. Dad says, Buddy created the greatest defense ever with the Bears. Dude, can you imagine going from the Bears defense that you created in Chicago, and then you create that, 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 that defense in – Philadelphia. I mean, do you ever remember Buddy Ryan not being around a great defense? <laughs> I mean, one thing you could count on with that dude, that dude is going to have killers on that side of the ball who are going to knock the shit out of you. And he did, man. I, I sent Mike Missinelli that picture too, man. Mike goes, holy cow, look at Buddy, dude. I'm like, I know, right? Really great, man. Those Buddy Ryan teams were great defenses, no offense. Yeah, fly. You know why? Because Norman Brayman, Norman Brayman didn't want to pay. By the way, Norman Brayman drove Buddy to that practice. I've never Norman Brayman lives in South Florida still to this day, and I know Norman. And God forbid, man, if he ever saw some of the shit that you guys say about him right now, this guy's the biggest Cadillac dealer in the history of the United States, right? And he, he drove Buddy to our practice. He's a huge – he tried hiring Jimmy Johnson to be the Eagle coach first. 
And Jimmy didn't want to do it. He didn't have enough. He, he, he didn't think Norman Brayman was a good owner. That's why Jim, I never told you guys that story. Let me see. You think I should tell the story about Jimmy and the Eagle head coaching job? <sighs> okay. I, I, it's, it's old news. Okay. I'll tell it to you. Who was the guy that got the team in trouble financially before Norman? He was Vermeil's owner. Who was the guy that owned the team? What was that guy's name that owned the team before Norman? He got the team in trouble with gambling or something like that. I forget. He got him toes. That's it. Manster, check it out. So this guy has to sell the team. And the NFL and Pete Rozelle go to Norman Brain. He's one of the richest guys. Leonard Toes, that's it. Hey, listen to this. They begged Norman Brayman to buy the Eagles. He wanted in anyway. Okay? He knew that the Robbies would never sell the Dolphins. He tried buying in as a percentage owner. The Robbies never wanted to do it. He just didn't want to do it. They didn't want him in it, involved in it. And so he, they, they begged him. That's And they were like, he goes, okay. So I forget the number he bought the team for. And when he took it over, the whole thing was a complete, absolute, utter train wreck, okay, financially. And he gets in there, and he does everything shoestring. Norman does everything shoestring. I think what he loved was he loved the fact he owned the team, but it was never really a priority for him. He was always in France. Or he was always like overseas. He was never really involved. He just let the football people run the thing. He didn't care, but he just kept telling them, make sure you don't spend a lot of money. Well, they built that team through the draft because they had to. And after a while, Buddy kept calling up the owner going, hey, we need to get Jim Lachey or we need to get some old linemen in here. We need to spend some money on re-signing. That's why Buddy started going like this. You had a guy in France. <laughs> <laughs> it started <coughs> it started going like this it didn't it, it, it unraveled quickly hey i had a guy in france he the guy in france man call the guy in france see if we can get an old lineman yeah the guy in france bob hey see hey call the guy in france yeah we got to figure out how to get some money in here he would never spend a cent and when Norman finally said, that's enough, I can't keep up with the times because the salaries were going up, that's how Jeffrey Laurie got the team. Yep. And, and you know what? Jeffrey Laurie, to this day, and I got to give him a lot of credit for one thing. Jeffrey Laurie said that the Philadelphia Eagles will never be in a position where they will not have one of the top O lines in the National Football League. And he's held to that. They have had, in my opinion, since 1995 or four, whatever it was, when he got control of the team, the Eagles have always been good up front. And when Norman Brayman and Toes owned it, they were miserable up front. Well, they were better when Vermeil 
took the team to the Super Bowl in 80. They were pretty good up front when they went. They had a great back in Montgomery and a good wide receiving core. That's probably the last time was that 80 team until Lori got the team in 1985, I think it was. 94, was it? Okay. Seth, I, I, I do think Jeffrey Lori's a good owner. I do. I think he's a good owner. I think he loves Philly. I, I, I think he's economically, I'm not going to say cheap, but I think he is frugal with the dough, okay? I, you, know, you, know, you know what, Seth? I think frugal is a better word because he just spent $100 million bucks, And he did go after Alshon Jeffries. And he did give Carson Wentz that contract when he didn't have to. You know what I mean? I mean, there are signs, especially in, even with the free agent bombs that they've had. He has spent money, man. Not the Asamoah and them dudes who just bombed. He has spent money in the past. So I can't say he's cheap. Frugal, I, I guess maybe it's a sexy word for... For for cheap, but I don't I don't I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put that tag on him. Okay, I wouldn't put that tag on him. I think he's a community guy too, GT. I, I listen, man. I do. I listen. I, I I don't think the Eagles have a problem in ownership. You know, every owner gets in the way a little. You just have to understand it's their toy and they have a right to. Just as long as you're not like Jerry where you're constantly tripping people in your organization. You see, it's not that the Cowboys can't get out of their own way. Jerry throws himself in the way. And they're constantly tripping over him. That's the problem in Dallas. The coaches, the assistants, the personnel people are constantly tripping over the owner of the Cowboys. You know, he'll say something. He'll undervalue a guy. He'll say something publicly about a coach that undermines the coach's authority in the locker room. That's the kind of stuff you don't need, man. Let the coach coach. Let the personnel people. Sometimes people can't just leave well enough alone. You know what I mean? And that's what happens. But I think the owner of the Eagles has been a good owner, man. I do. Community guy, loves the city. Um, It was a great moment when they were able to hoist the Lombardi Trophy on Broad Street. I mean, to see all that, it was it was one of the greatest moments, if not the greatest moments, of Philadelphia sports history. 2000, 2018, when you guys won the Super Bowl, and that 17th season, and you guys raised that trophy, 1980, the, the Phillies, 83, the Sixers, um, the back-to-back titles with the Flyers, there's no doubt. I mean, you have to go back to Chet Walker, 67, with Wilt. That Wilt team with Chet Walker was was a phenomenal basketball team. I think they won 69 games, 68 games. That was probably one of the better teams in the city's history. But it has to be that that Eagle championship um, that they won, that is the greatest moment in the history of the Philadelphia city when it comes to their sports. I would say it again, 68 win Sixer team and 67. The Flyer back-to-backs 
the 80 Phillies, the 83 Sixers, and the, the 2017 Eagles. 08 Phillies, too. You got to throw them in there. Absolutely. Yep. You got to throw the 08 Phillies in there, too. They beat the Rays in the series. Absolutely. Yep. Did it? Hey, didn't Roy Halladay pitch a. Um, did he pitch a perfect game in that playoff run? Or was that a couple years later that he pitched that that perfect game? I thought he did it against the Cardinals. That he pitched that perfect game in the playoffs. What was that year that Halliday threw that perfect game? Was it? That was a great moment, too. Halliday threw that perfect game. Was it against the card? Oh, no hitter? Was it no hitter, Bob? What what year? What, I, f- I forget what year Halliday threw that. Pitched a no hitter in 08. Okay. Yeah, during that run, 08 Phillies. Only him and Larson, right? Postseason, no hitters. That's another great moment. Yeah, man. No hitter in 08. Thanks, Seth. Laurie's a good owner when he stays out of the situations. But at the end of the day, he lost one Super Bowl in almost 30 years, and I can be as magical as it wants, but it's just one. Hey, Savvy, you should have that attitude. You should always want more. Absolutely. <clears throat> hey, Daz, Halliday dying too. He, I, we lived in Orlando and I knew where he lived with his family. He dies in that experimental airplane. You'll have to, you'll have to clue me in on that one because I, I never got that. Why would you put that on the line in an experimental airplane and you're Roy Halliday? I, that guy was, I don't know, man. They retired his number a couple years back, right? Didn't they? I thought I saw that they they um, retired his number. Anyway, let's move on here. So the news of the day, um, the news of the day is Kyler Murray getting the $230.5 million contract, $160 million guaranteed five-year deal. He's the second highest paid player in the National Football League now behind Aaron Rodgers. And I want to I want to throw something out at you. And you know what, guys? Maybe this goes into – and by the way, you know what else I think this does? You know what I think this does too? Hey, Xander, your boy Bryce Young has a chance now. Kyler Murray's 5'11". And he just got $230 million over five years. You know what that makes me feel? If I'm Jalen Hurts and I'm Bryce Young, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm feeling pretty good. Okay? I'm feeling pretty good about that. So you just signed a guy, $160 million guaranteed, 230.5, and he's 5'11"? Okay. I feel pretty good there. Let me show you something here. And I saw this stat. And Seth loved coming on yesterday, by the way. He just said thank you. We thank him. By the way, we can't we cannot wait for that post-game show. I want to show you guys something here. 
Listen to this. These are the salaries. Somebody sent this to me. These are the salaries of the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. Wait a minute, Mike. This kind of tells us a little bit. Since 2018, here are the salaries and the average salary for a starting top 10 quarterback in the NFL. 2018, 26.6 per season was the going rate for a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, considered franchise. 2019, 30.5 average top 10 quarterback made $30 million, almost $31 million. 2020 pandemic, $34.6 million for a top 10 quarterback. Look where it's gone from already. It's gone from 26 to 34.6 in just two years. 2021, last year, the average salary for a top 10 franchise elite quarterback, 36.4. Within four years, it's gone up $10 million in Average salary for a top 10 elite guy. So you go from 26.6 to $36.6 million in four years. This year, get this, it goes up pretty high. 2022, the average salary for a top 10 NFL quarterback is $42 million in five years. It's gone from 26.6 to $42 million. That number is going to hit at least 45 this coming offseason. In 2024, you're talking about $50 million guaranteed for base salary for a top 10 elite quarterback. $50 million on what you're going to pay for the top 10. Now, who are the top 10? Top 10 guys, watch this. Here, here, $42 million is the base salary this year. Okay? Okay. I want to show you guys something. So look and look look at that number, man. Those numbers aren't an NFL guy sent me that. So my point to you is NFL standings. I want to I want to show you guys something here. Okay. Are you gonna pay? Josh Allen, 42 million. Yes. 
Am I going to pay Mac Jones $42 million? Mm. Really? Am I going to pay Mac Jones $42 million or $50 million when his contract's up? No way. He better show him. Mac Jones hasn't shown me enough to me to go like this. I'm going to, I'm going to pay that guy $50 million. I don't care what the going rate is. It's got to be productive, though. You can't just do this, guys. Well, it's a going rate, Sills. Well, shit, you got to be producing something. You got to be producing something. You, How about this? You got to at least let me say this. I can win a Super How about this? Let me ask you guys this. You think Mac Jones can deliver a Super Bowl for the New England Patriots? I don't even know who he's throwing to. Xander says, absolutely. Can you name me one whiteout on the team? One. Name me one guy. Does Hunter Henry still play there? That says yes. Would we agree? You're going to pay him. You're going to pay that guy when his contract's up $50 million. Wow. Holy cow. I think this really makes this decision and these decisions even harder in what we're talking about here. Josh Allen, of course I'm going to do that, okay? Miami, Tua, never. Never. Kyler got a losing record and lost his only playoff game. Yeah, what is he, 25? I look at Kyler Murray and I look at Mac Jones. Funny, I don't see Mac Jones as talented as Kyler Murray. Okay? I feel better saying Kyler Murray can... D- what what was New England before Mac Jones got there? They haven't won a playoff game in three years also. They're not going to win one this year because they're not going to the playoffs. What was Arizona before Kyler Murray showed up? They were nobody. Tua. You think Tua's getting 42? Forget about it. Zach Wilson? Boy, I'll tell you, I have no clue, but I ain't. I'm not even having that conversation with that kid. I'm having more of a conversation. I hear you like experience. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. You think I'm paying Joe Burrow $50 million? Damn right. It ain't going to be in Cincinnati, though. Joe Burrow's probably going to command. When Joe Burrow's contract is up in two years, good grief. $400 million, $500 million, $54 million a year. <laughs> what, what, dude, I would hand – here, watch this. Can I tell you what I would do to Joe Burrow? Here's a check. Fill it in. <laughs> Here's a check. Fill it in. Right? Hey, Xander goes, I'm saying 60, Sills. <laughs> Fill it in. I'm going to give, hey, Sander, I'm going to give him a blank check. 
A-Rod's at 55, and he's 38. That's right, man. He's 38, and he's got 55 million bucks in the he's going to make this year. He's the highest paid dude in the league. Yeah, man. Are you really at the end? How much? Hey, at the end of this year, at the end of this year, at the end of this season, let's go by all you guys who are all pro Jalen Hurts. 3,900 yards, 25 touchdowns. I'll be kind. Eight picks. Win the division. Get the team into the divisional round and get bounced. Mask it is. Are you addressing Jalen Hurts' contract at the end of this year if he does those things? How much you paying him? How much you paying him? Dakeem says for Burrow, 60 mil for eight years. <laughs> You're going to average 60 million bucks over eight years? God forbid, man. You're going to have to write a guy and you're going to have to make that guy a percentage owner of the Browns because I can't see Mike Brown. I can't see Mike Brown opening up that that wallet that has a zipper on it. You know how some owners have zippers on their wallet? You know them old school zipper wallets? Mike Brown still has one of them old school zipper wallets. Puts a zipper on it, man. <laughs> His dude ain't opening up, man. For You think he's paying Joe Burrow $60 million? He can't even pay this kid. Bates the money. He can't even pay Jesse Bates the money he wants. You're going to pay Joe Burrow $60 million. If he's smart, he does. Hey, did you see what the Bengals started doing today? They're working on an indoor facility so that they could practice indoors now. You know who built that? Joe Burrow built that. You Hey, you think the quarterback stiffs in Cincinnati that were there before him? You think built anything around that? You better take advantage completely of Joe Burrow in that city. Dude, I'd build a dome stadium in Cincinnati right now. I'd put a dome on it. You Hey, who do you think built that Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis? Jim Irsay? Do you know what fans do today? Hey, do you know what fans do? They cheer at games and build stadiums for NFL owners. That's what you guys are to them. You cheer your favorite team and you guys build stadiums. Think about how they look at you. That's all they see in you. You build stadiums and cheer at them. (laughs) I mean, how great of a fan base is that? You get to build my house. I get to live in it. And you get to mow my lawn. (laughs) Hey, Daz, go mow my lawn. Yeah, Lincoln Financial needs the lawn mowed. Go mow it. Right? You're going to franchise tag Jalen Hurts at the end of this year? I wonder what another team will give Hurts if he gets to the NFC Championship game. Well, what do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get? Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl. 
What do you think Garoppolo's going to get with his new team? <laughs> Jim Mercy's a drug dealer. <laughs> uh, look, at, look at Earl. Old head, you keep it real. What? I don't even know what that means, Earl. But I like it. Dion goes, the Bills want taxpayers to build the new stadium. Of course they do. You think a millionaire is going to buy his own building? No, he's going to make you buy it for him, and he's going to live in it. Wouldn't you like to have that? Have some billionaire build you a house, and you get to live in it for free. Classic NFL. And then you got to pay PSLs to hopefully stand in line to get tickets to the thing you built. <laughs> what a web they weave, man, on you. It makes no sense. So wait a minute. I cheer and I build stadiums and the PSLs I got to pay to stand in line to hopefully get a ticket for a stadium I help finance with taxpayer money. <laughs> Fans in the NFL don't care. They don't see that. Okay. They don't see that because you know why they take advantage of your passion. That's what, but that's what they do. Old head, you keep it real. But look at what underdog. Oh, he'll be benched. Hurts will finish this season on the bench, and then we can finally be done with this nonsensical waste of time. Wow. So you, hey, records. You think you think Hurts sucks, huh? You don't think he's the the, the face of the franchise? Dude, I'm not giving Jalen Hurts $40 million on anything. That guy is not a $40 million quarter. And, and I don't care what market value is. Market value for top 10? Dude, first you got to be a top 10 type passer. Those are all, all the top 10 guys are passers. Now, Kyler Murray is here. Let me ask you this. If, if, if Kyler Murray's worth 40, what is it? 46 million per? What are you paying Lamar? Davy Boy goes, hey, Sills, did you get a mysterious tweet today? I'm not sure what that means. I get mysterious tweets all the time. Sills, is this you? <laughs> At Dan Silio show, I get crazy tweets from people. Sills, did you say this? Probably not. There are so many dopey tweets out there that supposedly I said that aren't true. It's not mind-numbing. If Kyler can make that money, Jalen Hurts is worth just about... Yuri says that Jalen Hurts is worth the same money that Kyler Murray is. There's the topic I'm looking for. There's the topic I'm looking for. That's the topic. Okay. Kyler Murray, 46 million per. And 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 Xander. He's pretty much done. Would we agree, Xander? That Kyler Murray's pretty much accomplished the same stuff that Jalen's accomplished. No, wait a minute. Arizona hasn't won a division. Oh, they didn't win the division. The Cowboys did, but they did get to the playoffs. Kyler got to the playoffs. So pretty much the same, correct? 
<laughs> I don't I don't even know how I'm gonna say that when Xander's like Murray's not that hot, but he's way better than Hertz. <laughs> oh man. Thanks, Xander. That helped. I'm trying to have a normal conversation here. And here's this. He sucks, dude. Why are you doing this? That's a big deal, man. Kyler Murray getting that money. That's a big deal. If we get the Super Bowl, I will give you, I will give Hertz a team-friendly deal as Patrick Mahomes did. Patrick Mahomes' team-friendly deal is $500 million. Okay? GT. The friendly deal is $500 million, though. Murray isn't worth that money, let alone Hurts. GT, Seth, thank you. And they lost in the first round. You don't get paid for what you already done. Those checks are cat. Yeah, you are. You think Kyler Murray's being paid? Kyler, well, that's a good point. Do you get paid on what you th- so you think Arizona's projecting him out what he's going to be based on what he did or based on what they've seen? I like that. I like that. I want to hit on that. Okay? I want to hit on that. I like that. I think you guys are onto something there. Have you seen enough in Jalen to put him in that conversation, though, of Kyler Murray? My friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. Folks, if you've been hurt or injured on the job, finding an attorney is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. For the people, it is not a slogan. This is who they are. This is what they are. Last 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion for their clients. There's no such thing as a fender bender. When you go and you sign up with Morgan & Morgan, they're the number one attorney firm in the country, and they will be there for you when it comes to protecting your family. With over 800 attorneys strong in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, Morgan & Morgan is there to represent you to the best. And I'm going to say this to you, too. There's no such thing as a fender bender at Morgan & Morgan. Call them at 800 512-1600, that's 800-512-1600. The call is free, the consultation is free. Open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, They're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility 
to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. I don't know what this show has done for big sales here, but I, I have no idea. So I get a message from Atlanta. I'm going to play it for you. By the way, I don't know this guy from a can of paint. And I'm going to share it th- because I shared things with you here. Okay. Seals back on roids. No, 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 no. Who says I was on roids? <laughs> what do you mean you're not allowed? It's my phone. To play a message without consent. They play messages on the TV all the time. Without consent. By the way, I give consent. (laughs) I don't think he's going to mind. I really don't. This is cool, though. This is cool. And I think he would like it. 
This is cool, man. Hey, Dan, this is Dan Radakovich, uh, AD at the University of Miami. Hope you're doing great. I uh, was just uh, giving you a call just to check in, see how you're doing. Uh, if you have a chance, this is myself, 404. No! That we won't do. So the athletic director at the University of Miami wants to have a conversation with me. It's pretty cool. And he comes over from Clemson. I have no idea who he is, okay? But I'm very proud. That's really dope. So the athletic director wants to have a conversation with me um, about the program. About direct, By the way, Xander, aren't they at the ACC media day? Isn't that what's going on right now? Oh, by the way, the Marriott – you know what's funny? The only interview college-wise that does anything – Hey, hey, Xander, right? The only interview that does shit when it comes to those college coaches and no disrespect to the guy, last word on sports. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Xander, you know? <laughs> you got to get over 100 views, dude. <laughs> I don't mean that. That sounds so terrible. Okay. <laughs> Hey, dude, that sounds so terrible, doesn't it? You got, hey, you got to get more views than tone. <laughs> By the way, tone, I love you, man. You do great work, bro. <laughs> he scrubbed from our Xander went back and went like this. Hey, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that's dope, dog. Can I tell you, hey, wait a minute. You know why? My aunt's watching this, and I guarantee she's got a smile on her face from ear to ear. You know why? I was banned from the program. Yeah. I was banned. I was banned from going to the campus, showing up to games, and, oh, you Eagle guys. Okay. Hey, Davy boy may have hit it. Sills. It's a call for dough, dude. <laughs> yeah. By Golden. Yeah. Wait a second. So you guys know, I was on a station that was the flagship of the University of Miami. And I was going off on that team. Thing sucks. I quit the postgame show. Live on the air, my last post game show, and you know what? There, there, there's like a there, there's a general manager that works in the um, um, Philly market that no, I quit on the air. I'm not doing this. That school called him. The company was really the center point of why I got fired down there in Miami because my school did it. My school put the heat on. Al Golden. I was right. But you know what my wife said? My wife goes like this. Congratulations, you're right. You're at work. <laughs> Great, Sills. Congratulations. Watch this. Your family can't eat, but hey, you were right. 
<laughs> hey, Xander, right? Watch this. Dan, congratulations, man. Your take was one of the best takes of all time. Thumbs up and kudos. Now we can't pay our rent. That's what happens in media. That's what totally happens in the media. You got to be smart like Angelo. Like Mike. Missinelli. When you last that long and you have that much staying power, you got to be smart on how you get around the rough edges. I wouldn't put this together. Hey, Dan Cilio and gigantic brain cells. <laughs> I'm more of a reactor. I really don't think 10 minutes ahead. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of those guys. Someone goes, you think he has a plan? I don't think he thinks that far ahead. That's kind of who I am. Seth Gosills, you're a nut. You love the team, though, right? Oh, my God, with a passion. Okay? Why were you so mad? Hey, hey, Xander, I wish you could play that rant. I really do, man. Why was I so mad? Because the team sucked and was underperforming, and I loved the thing. That's, that's why when I'm talking about your Eagles, don't you guys love the team? Don't you guys want to win a Super Bowl every year? Don't you want to go 13 and 5 every year or 13 and 4 every year? Who the hell roots for 500? Nobody in their right mind roots for 500. I hate people in fan bases like that. Well, it was a solid year. Solid year. You're in the pros, man. That's why when you guys are giving Jalen credit for being 500, in Philly? In Philly. Sills. He's a starting quarterback in his second year. So what? This is the pros. This is not the University of Buffalo or Temple. I mean, right. You want to be Lions fans? Browns fans or Eagle fans? Hey, Jalen had a solid year. Solid year? Who roots for solid year? This is the National Football League, man. You're in a city that demands excellence. And when you accept less than, that's my problem. And when I play at a place where I lost one regular season game in three years... I got a problem with that. Yes, that's why I was so mad. When you lose one, hey, Xander, right? When you lose one regular season game in three years, you want to know why I'm mad? Well, you're going seven and five every year. That's why I'm so mad. Five losses? Do you understand we didn't lose a home game for a full decade at home? It'll never be broken. Ever. Alabama, everybody. 58 consecutive home wins will never be broken. I had two streaks of over 30 wins consecutively when I played. 
or involved in them. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why were you mad? Well, losing sucks. 58 consecutive home. That's six games a year at home most of the time. Five or six. Okay? Ten years we went like that. Nobody beat us at home. Nobody. And traditionally, the games weren't close unless it was FSU. Boy, are those days gone. FSU in Miami now? <sighs> Randall's got the Eagles tattoo on his, on his body armor. I love that, dog. Hey. Oh, I never showed you. There's big sills. 93, 86 canes. Can I tell you why? I got 86 canes. Because you know why? That year is considered the greatest football team in the history of the program. You got upset by Mike Missanelli's Penn State guys. You know what it teaches me? Because the next year we go on to win the national title. You know what it teaches me? Finish the job. I have the 86 canes on my armor. You know why? It reminds me to finish the job. We didn't finish the job that year. Jerome and I sat in that locker room looking at each other saying, we're going to be old men. Unfortunately, Jerome never got a chance to be an old man. He goes, Sills, we're going to be old men and we're going to cry together on the phone. I said, you're damn right. I'll never forget this night. Never. So I put that on my arm. Kind of an honor of him, too, a little bit. Okay? Sills, that's the year I was born. Great year. Good night. Randall. Sills, I know they underperformed, but Golden had a lot working against him. Donna Shalala was terrible as a administrator. Okay, wanted to make Miami Stanford. Bob, you're dead on. And you're right. You're right. Okay, I think she was worse than Tadfoot. But isn't that boss? I now have the athletic director at the University of Miami who was at Clemson and built that Clemson team up with Dabo Sweeney. And I don't know him from a can of paint. I've never spoken to him. I've never spoken to him, but as soon as I end my show, I'm going to call him. Guy gave me a cell phone number. Because, you know, hey, get this too, Xander. You know what they're talking about me doing? Being like, uh, being hired as an ambassador um, to the team. And no, no, no. I think they want me to do some post-game show for them. Like on Saturdays. I said, uh, we'll, we'll think about it. You start going eight and four, man. <laughs> I don't care if you're Mario or not. I don't know if I can, ha- I, I don't know if I can handle that kind of stuff. Oh, we're going to reset top of the hour. I want to, I want to talk about what you guys said about how you pay Jalen on what you think he can do or what he's done and what you think Kyler Murray has been paid on. Hey, Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray. I think those are. Fair benchmarks to compare Jalen Hurts to. 
I think those guys are. Sills, about of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, which QB fits the Eagles roster right now? Josh Allen. Hey, Jess, if you had Josh Allen on your football team, hey, Sander, what would the record be if Josh Allen was a quarterback for the Eagles? 17 and 0? Dude, I, I, I really believe the Eagles would be 17 and 0. I think you would threaten being undefeated and winning the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl game would be tough because the AFC has got some good quarterbacks. Okay, dude, hey, Jess, if you had Josh Allen, eh, I'm pretty much thinking that that thing might be over. Allen or Burrow? (sighs) Okay, that's enough of this. I got to take a timeout because you guys are really all awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, man, I really got put in a good mood. My school loves me again. By the way, my Mario uh, Crystal Ball interview is absolutely smoking. Xander, we get him on. He works, doesn't he? Get this, University of Miami, who would have thought? Works in Philly. It does. The thing is doing great. So, hey, Seth Joyner's killing it, too, if you missed that interview yesterday. By the way, we had Hollis Thomas. Can I tell you who I'm working on for you guys tomorrow? Should I tell him, Xander? I'll tell you on the other side. I think you'll like it. Hit the like button. Hour three, keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back. National Football Show. Big Sills, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Yeah, that's who that was, man. The athletic director at the University of Miami. Great. I have a Zoom from 5.30 to 6.30 Eastern. Try me if you can. Seven or Friday. You got it. Thank you so much, Dan. Fantastic. <laughs> I... Yeah, I got a feeling. I think they're going to try to do some stuff with Sills on their pre and post game show. That's good stuff, man. I'll let you guys know. You guys would be the first to know. First time. Hey, it's the first time the athletic director is called Big Sills. What a good thing in a long time. There you go, Xander. Things must be really picking up at the U or going the other way at the U. We'll surely find out. Anyway, thank you so much for stepping in with us. We're going to reset here in a minute. And <laughs> uh, Hey, right, right? <laughs> okay, good stuff, man. So we could be doing some stuff here on Saturday, Monday through Friday, maybe even some Sunday stuff too. You're not going to believe this. The Buccaneers have actually asked me, and I said, eh, I don't know about doing the Bucs. I'm really knee-deep into the Eagles stuff right now, and I don't think the Bucs stuff is going to go. Can you imagine me? Watch this. So I covered the Eagles Monday through Saturday, right? And then I talked Bucks on Sunday? Eh, I don't know. I don't think it's believable. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just don't, I don't think it's believable, and I don't like to come off like that. This guy covers the Eagles all day. Then he's talking Bucks. Yeah. Minshew is a better quarterback. Sorry. Come on, Daz. Hey, Sills, what do you think about Josh Sweat this season? You know, I like him, but you know what, Slasher? I think he's got to turn into an every down defensive lineman. You know what I'm saying? I got to be able to play him on first and third, you know? Dude, you got to be able to play on first down, third down. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to situationally play the guy. I think he's got – I think – I think he's got to be more – I'll tell you what, I think Milton Williams has more versatility. I do. That's exactly what I was thinking. Slasher, he, he's just – I don't want to situationally play the guy – I like Milton Williams. You could play him in a five technique, a wide seven, even. Then you could drop him in a three. You could even put him over the nose. Guy's a 500 pound bencher. I like his feet too inside. I like him. I do. I like him. Oh, you guys want to know who I'm working on for tomorrow? It's not. I've reached out to him, Xander. Brian Westbrook. Okay, I'm working on Brian Westbrook. Let's hope we can get him. <laughs> hey, he's one of these guys. Well, let me see, man. Is there any money involved? And in the like, you know, there's no money involved. It's just big sales and goodwill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Xander goes to get back to you in three weeks. No, no, no. Hey, Xander, it's more like this. Uh, you know, is there fun? My price talking about that. No, this is goodwill, dude. <laughs> okay. This is goodwill. And he's like, what's that? Is that something you drop like? <laughs> yeah, I'll do it for 10 grand, bro. 
hey, Xander, I'll do it for 10 grand. We only want you for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Only 15 minutes, dude. 15. Okay. 10 grand. And, and it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> Boy, do I like him, though, man. Boy, if the Eagles had Brian Westbrook on this ball team, Jalen Hurts would throw for 4,000 yards. Hey, get this. Maybe that's what's missing. Okay? You know, we talked with Hollis in the first hour. Maybe that's what this O is missing. Is a pass-catching running back. Brady has always had them dudes. Sony, Michelle, name them. All those guys up there in New England. Even Leonard Fat Fournette now. That guy caught passes. You have to have a pass-catching running back in today's league, in my opinion. And the Eagles don't have – it's almost like it's non-essential part of the offensive attack. Why? Especially – don't you think this would help J- – hey, watch this. This is Sills talking good about Jalen. Don't you think this would be better? Jalen drops back. He can't find a guy. Here. Three yards. So? That's one thing Carson Wentz hasn't learned yet is the word so. He only gained two yards. And as long as it's not a negative yard, I don't care. Because the NFL, when you're trying to win games, patience is the most important thing a quarterback can have when you're trying to win a ball game. You're not trying to win. Here's the difference between Carson Wentz and the great quarterbacks in the league. Carson Wentz is trying to win every drive. Tom Brady's trying to win the game. Wentz thinks he has to score on every freaking drive. Every series has to be great. Man, you're crazy if you think you're getting that. You're going to have more three and outs in a ball game than you are completions. You better get used to that if you're going to play that position in the league. And Wentz hasn't figured that out. He thinks he has to win every series. Holds on to the ball. He's not very good at football protection. Gets it slapped out of his hands, sack, whatever. Before you know it, you're down seven or three because the guy was a nut job back there just not throwing it in the stands because he doesn't get patience. Patience is the whole thing here. By the way, you a running back with potential to give you screen plays and plus yardage plays is so essential in moving the sticks. You know, Matt Rule hasn't been able to recommend his offense in Carolina. Why is that? Because McCaffrey's been hurt the entire time almost. He's been down there. GT, you're dead on. The problem, I think Jalen, and they pull it out of the playbook, is because I don't think Jalen's very good at it. How many times do you watch them Alabama guys check down the running backs, throwing in that offense to running backs? <laughs> Not too often. Not when you got them squirrels running around out there like Calvin Ridley and Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle and those guys are running all over the place. 
Looks like squirrels going up a tree. You're watching these guys and you're like, you ain't checking down on anything with them guys. You know how squirrels look crazy when they're running up a tree? That's what you're getting at an Alabama offense. They're just going everywhere. And you're like, you're not checking out of that. <laughs> they're telling you, hey, he's going to be open in the flat. Throw it to him. Because those other guys are going to clean everything else out for you. Oh, okay. So I got Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle on both ends. And I got that old line in front of me. And I got a, a back like a Najee Harris or Derrick Henry. I'm not checking down to anybody. Check down for what? <laughs> right? Miles Sanders can't catch. That's why he's not getting extended, Fly. That's why he's not getting extended. Watch this, Fly. Can Miles Sanders gain 1,100 yards? Yeah. But I think they could put anybody back and get 1,000 yards. Can, can Miles Sanders be a DeAndre Swift? Can he get 80 catches? You know? Did Hurts take some of Miles' zone runs? Probably. Probably. Keith Gainwell can do it. I think you're probably going to see more of him in it. I sure hope they're working on that part of the screen game. Hey, boy, Gardner Minshew, first 19 games. 395 completion, 6 attempts, 60.7 in completion percentage, 4392, 29, 7. But, 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 Davey, let me ask. He's doing that in Jacksonville in cleanup time when they're down by, what, 40? Is that in, in games where they're competitive? I don't want to. I don't want to see a Davy boy. I'm not saying they're not. I don't know. Okay. All I'm saying is, is that are they empty calorie stats? Where we're looking at stats like sometimes how Dak has those stats. Dak's got Dak puts up a stat sheet, doesn't he? And you're like, Jesus, criminy. Those for 500 yards, and then you look up and you're like, Yeah, he got beat by 20 though. Right? Every time I watch a game sometimes with Dak Prescott, like that Denver game, you go like this. God, he threw for 385 yards and three touchdowns, but they got punked by 14. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm like, I, I, I don't really – the 398 and three TDs doesn't mean anything to me if you're getting crushed. Every time I see some of them stats with Dak, I'm like, guy threw for 44-39 last year? Wow. 37 touchdowns. They did win 12 ball games. But then again, the NFC East, yeah, wasn't very good last year outside of the Eagles. And let's be candid and fair. Really, nobody in the East threatened the Cowboys. Nobody in the East threatened Dallas. So it was an easy division last year. The Eagles never threatened them. The Monday night game was embarrassing, actually. Right? So let me get back into this topic that we were hitting on. So Kyler Murray gets 
Second highest paid guy in the NFL. Okay. You think that can ever become Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott? I think Dak's making 42. Shit, pretty soon that's going to be a deal. Murray's making 46. One. Isn't that crazy? He's making 100 grand more than Deshaun Watson just so he could have the tick up. Deshaun Watson's making 46. He's making 46.1. Okay. I think I think that's got something to do with cannoli size, you know? Who's got the biggest cannoli in the bakery? You know what I mean? I think somebody's there with that. So, you know what I mean, right? 46.1. Hey, <laughs> Sander goes, hey, Sills, you can have all the cannolis you want. The dude in Cleveland's all guaranteed. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Of the 230, 160's guaranteed. Okay? 160's guaranteed. It, it, the guy in Cleveland, I'll take 230 guaranteed. Match my contract. Even Mahomes, Mahomes, $500 million deal, right? And it's not really all guaranteed. The guy in Cleveland is pretty much all guaranteed. <laughs> $230 million. Over a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed to a dude that may get between two and six games this year suspended. They're going to bite on a little bit of pain. You know, they're going to have a little bit of agita. You know what agita is for all you Italians out there with the Brioche, right? You're going to have agita for about six weeks in Cleveland. Ugh. Your stomach pain won't go away. What's the stuff? What do you have? I got Watsonitis. What do you mean? Yeah, I got this agita, man. I, I got heartburn, man. And it hurts right here. This Watsonitis, man. Here, remedy is this. It'll go away in six weeks. Okay, you'll be ready to rock in six weeks. You eat a cannoli, the, the okay, the, the Watsonitis will go away. You start winning games, you're going to be good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So I got to have six weeks, Ajita? Yeah. <laughs> you knew you were going to have Ajita this year. You knew you were going to. Never competitive besides they went to the AFC championship game. Not sure who you're talking about. I said the Eagles were never competitive in the Cowboy games. Okay. Look at Savvy. Jalen flies, Miles cries. He took carries away from, I don't care about Miles Sanders and how he feels. I could care less how he feels. I don't care how he feels about his targets, touches, his run zone things. I don't care. Has no bearing on my life. I'm eating Detroit-style pizza. Well, then you're going to have Ajita all year, William. <laughs> if, if you're eating Detroit, you're, you're pretty much going to have Ajita all year. Okay? Someone said the Jags are never competitive. 
outside of the years, early years with Coughlin, a couple years back, Marone had him in the AFC Championship game. Outside of that, they've sucked. Okay. Seals, you think Saquon Barkley is traded this season? Lewis, for what? What would you what would you trade for Saquon Barkley if you're the Giants? What do you think you're going to get back in return? You got a guy who's banged up all the time. He's never healthy. He's kind of productive. What would you give up for him? I'm not giving a one up for him, and I'm not giving a two up for him. And I'm probably not giving a three up for him. Running backs? So you you want me to pay, and I'm not saying you do, but you, you want me to pay for a guy who the position clearly, when it comes to money, you get killed on every deal. Can you tell me a running back deal that you were happy with that you thought was a good deal? Derrick Henry's deal. And remember this, he signed a franchise tag. Was it 13, 14 million? This guy makes the same money Fletcher Cox makes. That's his franchise tag in Tennessee. Paying a guy like Derrick Henry $14 million a year? I'm going to be okay with that. Paying Zeke? I wouldn't have paid the $90 million over five or six years, whatever that deal was, that Dallas signed him with. Because he is, and his success is tied into that old line. Do you understand when you sign a running back nowadays, if your old line loses people, that running back value in that contract automatically declines. Zeke automatically declines because he's got lesser talent in front of him. Automatically. You sign a, you sign a running back to a two-year deal with an option at 15 per. All of a sudden, you got three old linemen contracts up. You're not, do you know where all your millionaires are on your team, right, guys? You guys know where all your millionaires are in your old line. There's five of them. You got five millionaires in one group. There's no other group that you pay that amount of money to your center, your two guards, your two tackles. Then you got backups you're paying million dollars to. All your millionaires are in your old line when it comes to grouping. But you keep seven of them. You got seven millionaires there. Shit, Devontae Smith's not even making a million dollars annually. That Zach Pascal kid's making more money annually than what Devontae's making. Do you know that? Do you? I would say this to you. Almost every single one of the old linemen make more money than Jalen Hurts annually. You ain't got one guy on that line making $1 million. <laughs> every one of those guys, they got to be north of two and a half, every one of them. Every one of those guys. And so when you pay a running back money, like look at Christian McCaffrey. He's got a shitty quarterback. His old line has been decimated with injuries and people just leaving. That guy has no chance. Hey, he grabbed his bag of money. And if you're a running back and somebody offers you a dumb deal, you should take the dumb deal. Sit there and eat it and go somewhere else and be productive and you'll get less money, but at least you'll have a career because you'll never have a career making $20 million 
Cowboys have an awful deal. Don't I would I would do what Bill Par. You you know what one of the things that Bill Parcells had. You know one of his greatest. Hey Yale, here here's a rule Parcells had. He never drafted a running back in his entire coaching career. Third round or up. That includes Curtis Martin. Never. They were all Joe Morris, free agent Otis Anderson. They were all dudes like that. Veteran backs needed another shot. OJ Anderson's probably his greatest back. He didn't believe in spending draft equity for them dudes. And he went two Super Bowls with that philosophy. Dave Meggett, right? Remember that guy, right? Dave Meggett, the J- like the Joe Morrises of the world. Those guys are just dudes. If Jalen could sit back, make the high percentage throws, only run when he's in trouble, the offense will be in good shape. Yeah, B, yeah. Look, here's the deal with, here's the deal with Jalen. Just don't make the shitty play. Dude, don't make the play that costs you a game. Hey, and by the way, that goes to coaching. Remember, do hey, Xander, I know you remember this. I remember, do you remember that, that week I kept saying, don't lose to the Giants. Don't lose to the Giants. If I see 38 attempts, don't lose to the Giants. You can't be outplayed by Daniel Jones. You cannot be outplayed by Daniel Jones. And they were. Because they started feeling a little bit frisky in the passing game instead of sticking to what got them almost back to 500 at that time. That was running the ball. They got impatient. There were times last year where that coaching staff was sub- was incredibly impatient with Jalen. And it showed they weren't patient. The giant game solidified it. They stopped doing that after that. They weren't going to let him throw the ball 38 times a game. They were just not. Nor did he have to. However, you want to beat elite teams, you have to. You see, here's here, here's where Philly is right now. Philly's in the transition of doing this. And by the way, I think they've done a great job of it. From a 4-11-1 team to a team now that can beat up on the crappy teams. And there's a ton of them. And there'll be a ton of them this year. Like I said, in your tough games, you're going to go 3-4. and And I think you're going to win potentially the, the rest of them. And maybe split somewhere in the line there with Washington, God forbid you split with the Giants. You don't want to split with New York. I don't mind splitting with Washington and Dallas. I mind splitting with the Giants. That team should not beat you. Okay? Washington up there, they got talent. They got coaching. Scott Turner's a good OC. Jack Del Rio's a good DC. He's just not a very good politician. Okay, they got coaching in that building. And there's some players in that building. Antonio Gibson can run the ball. 
Their old line's going to be better than you think, and I think the defense is going to step up from a failure of a year ago. I don't mind splitting with those guys. Can't split with the Giants. Got to beat that team. Soundly. And here's the deal. You can't get swept by the Cowboys again. You can't. As a matter of fact, you really can't get swept by any team this year in the East. Because then that's a step back, in my opinion. Swept Washington last year. I don't give a shit about Tyler Heineke and COVID and all that. You beat them up good. You split with the Giants, which was a, a train wreck. Hey, I got the Cowboys, even though I didn't like the fact the Eagles got beat up by the Cowboys. I didn't think you were going to beat them. Okay, but the Giant game was the worst game of the year last year because you should kill that team. You can't let Daniel Jones outplay you. If you're Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones outplays you. Houston, there's a problem. Okay? I'd vote for Jack Del Rio. Okay, here we go. No politics. This is a sports show. You guys come here for pasta fazool and for thin crust Italian pizza. Thin crust. Thin. Colony pizza. Thin. Carson Wentz will be Carson Wentz. Dude, I think Carson Wentz throws for 4,000 yards up there. So I do think Carson Wentz will be Carson Wentz too. 27 touchdowns, seven picks, 4,000 passing yards. Yeah, I think he's going to be that too. That's pretty much who he is. You look at his passer completion percentage outside of the 2020 season, which was a train wreck at 72% quarterback rating or 72-2 QBR. The rest of them are all been in the 90s or hundreds. He had two years in a row where he was 101, then 102. He's not as bad as you think he is. You just hate him. You see all the good things that you wanted to see in jail. You, you know what, Xander, everyone? You see all the good things in Jalen Hurts that you wanted to see in Carson Wentz. And that's what rubs you the wrong way about Wentz. You wanted to see the great team leader. You wanted to see the great community guy. You wanted to see the guy who was always there when his teammates needed him. You always wanted him to be more open, be more part of Philly, be something like that, not be so self-centered. His play is self-centered. I don't know pretty much if he's self-centered as a human. I don't know him as a human. His play's self-centered. When you see him play Carson Wentz, he's self-centered. It's around him dropping the ball, holding on to it too long, not throwing it away. That's self-centered play. Brady does this. If Brady could kick it, he would. <laughs> Seriously, if Brady could punt it, he would. He'd punt it in the stands. How many times you see Brady just throwing it away? Here's Wentz. Killed. Is that the top of the roof of the link? Wow, I hadn't seen that before. Oh, 99, that's Jerome. Let me hear, let me get up. <laughs> that guy went to seeing the top of the roof of the link more than what an earthworm has on that floor. Right? As long as the game doesn't really mean anything, Carson will play with <laughs> Joseph. That's, that's got to, oh man, he's, Totally got to change that around. Or guess what, man? 
you'll see him at four more stops in the next six years. He don't turn that around. You'll see him at four more places in the next six years. Okay, to be throwing a football up, collecting money. It's got to be robbing banks like Jesse James, but it'll be robbing the banks of NFL owners. <sighs> Talk about a guy who made a ton of money. This guy's made a ton of money, man. Got to win something, dude. I've never hated Wentz. I just wanted him gone. However, he's a good quarterback. He's decent. He's not. I, I wouldn't go like this. Let me build my franchise around the guy. I want to get back onto that topic. I got sidetracked as I always do. I want to get. I want to get back onto that with Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. I want to do that here. But don't forget, my friends at Morgan and Morgan, where the fee is free. Guys, do me a favor, please. Make the call if you've been hurt or injured on the job. This is the attorney firm that's going to get you the money that you and your family so need. For the People is not a slogan. It is exactly who they are. With the 30-year record that they have at Morgan & Morgan, they've collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. There's no such thing as a fender bender when it comes to Morgan & Morgan. And I promise you this, with their 800 attorneys strong all across the country in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, nobody will intimidate Morgan & Morgan. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Promise you, 24-7, seven days a week. The call is free. The consultation's free. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Thank you so guys, so much, guys, for coming aboard with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you again. I can't wait for the upcoming season. Five days away from the start of training camp, and there's so much going on, especially around our show. I mean, I got to tell you guys, I think a little secret here. I think Big Sills may be doing some, some broadcasting here for, and again this year. I think we're going to be doing a little bit of it. Hopefully we play Bama. Hopefully we play Bama this year. By the way, what what, is, what does Xander say? Hold on here. You don't want that guy. <laughs> I'll get you fired. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, though. Guys. That puts me closer to Tyler Van Dyke. But I, I, I tell you what, there. I, I, that, why did that look like Doctor Evil a little bit? Hey, that puts me closer to Tyler Van Dyke. I could maybe have more conversation with Tyler and go, Tyler. There's a quarterback in Philly shit in the bed. These guys really want you. Oh, and by the way, hey, Howie, Tracy, Bob. Yeah, I'm going to be closer to Tyler. By the way, Mario says the AM game and Carolina game, if you want to bring the binoculars down, you know, there's an old offensive tackle too that I hear that coach. Coach Stoutland likes, too. He likes my guy that plays offense, too. I I, I talked to him yesterday. I, I could set that interview up for you, too. I know he really likes the kid at U, at the U, with that's offensive tackle. And, uh, yeah, you need me to kind of go in between. And if there's maybe anybody at Oregon, you know, Mario still knows everybody up there. You know, I mean – you know, anybody at Clemson with Dabo, let me know. Because Dabo's coming. Dabo's coming on the show. He's he's on a um, a sabbatical right now with his family. But Dabo wants to come on because he goes, you're giving way too much love to the University of Miami. 
And Dabo says, are we going to be fair sales? And I said, yes, we'll be fair. Even And I go, even though you're at heart a Bama guy, okay? You see, the thing that I have with, with, with Dabo is this. Dabo Sweeney is going to be the next head football coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You understand that, right? Okay. <laughs> Xander, you understand that Dabo Sweeney is going to be the next head football coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide when uh, Nick decides whatever year that is, which I don't know. He's going to be the next head football coach of that program. He's a Bama guy at heart. And he's done wonderful things. And by the way, I think Clemson can win the national title. I think Clemson, watch this. Clemson, Alabama for the national title this year. Probably so. 10 years, $150 million. Yeah, it's probably what it's going to take to uh, – to uh, get Dabo in the building there, to have him leave Clemson. See, to me, the reason you leave Clemson, the ACC. Big Sills left the ACC to go be independent and play at Miami because I thought we didn't play a good enough teams in the ACC. And I won this. In between that football up there, that's an ACC championship. I have an ACC championship. Miami doesn't. Isn't that crazy, Xander? Big Sills has an ACC championship. That's what that is up there in the middle of those two footballs, top shelf. I have an ACC title. Nobody at the University of Miami does. I started my career at Maryland. That's crazy, isn't it? Saban is 70, probably got two more years left. All right, let me get into what we teased here a little bit. Um... Give me a benchmark on who you see Jalen Hurts compatible to in the league. These salaries that what we saw today with Kyler Murray, $46.1 million per year. Boy, I'll tell you. That's a lot of change, dog. Do you see Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts in the same in the same room? That says Teddy Bridgewater without the arm. Oh, that hurts. Tim Tebow. With Maryland, damn, you're old. Thanks. Hey, Benz. Hey, Beansy. Thank you. Tyrod Taylor. Dak. Dak. Brissett. No. Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman. There's a Buck fan right there. Josh Freeman. What a bum. Jeremiah says Jalen is not close to Kyler or Lamar. Tyson Hill. He's got a better arm than Tyson. A right arm Vic. 
a right arm Vic. A right arm Vic. See, I don't compare him to Kyler. He's not as good as Kyler. He's not as much of an effective passer as Dak. Dak's an effective passer. He's kind of like Lamar, but Lamar is a passer too. But Lamar, you know what happens with Lamar Jackson? Lamar gets in trouble, in my opinion, when he gets hurt. When he starts to get banged up, he starts to get banged up. I think I think he becomes more erratic in his passing game. I think that also affected Vic, too. The more the season went on, I think they became less, less passers. Oh, come on, man. You don't think he's the same pass? Well, here. Let me take a look at that with Cam. So you think he's more like Cam? Cam Newton passing stats. Cam Newton stats. completion percentage, 617, 58-5, 59-8, 52-9, 49-59-1, 67-9, 56-2. And here's his first year was his best passing year. He had 4,000 passing yards his first season in the league. He has thrown for 35 touchdowns. Excuse me. Yeah. I think that was the 15-1 and year when they went to the Super Bowl. But 38-69, Could he be Cam Newton? I don't see him throwing 35 touchdowns, though. Could he be Cam... Well, Cam's rushing stats too, right? 706, 749, 585, 539, 637, 750. Okay. Cam Newton. You okay with Cam Newton? You all right with Cam Newton? Xander, look at the numbers, Xander. They're kind of, they're there. We had one 4,000-yard. I still don't see him being a 35-touchdown <clears throat> guy. I still don't see that. But 59, 62, 63. Would you be okay with him being Cam? What would Cam get in the open market today if he was in his prime today? He was kind of Lamar before Lamar, but Lamar is better than him. Lamar has nobody to throw the ball to. Neither did he, outside of the tight end that they had, Greg Olson. Okay. Jeremiah goes, Cam was not good enough. He did go to a Super Bowl, dude. Hoss, if you think 
if you think Jalen Hurts is going to be better than Cam Newton, you're out of your mind. I'm not saying you are, Jeremiah. But if anybody thinks that Cam Newton's or Jalen's going to be better than Cam or Colin Kaepernick, you're out of your mind. He'll never put the numbers up that Dak puts up. He'll never put up the numbers that Kirk Cousins puts up. He may put up the same kind of numbers that Kyler puts up. He may. I don't know. I don't. Kyler, I think, is better. And that's why he got the $230 million contract today. It's because some people think he can be elite. Okay. Jeremiah goes, so did McNabb not good enough? And I love McNabb. Well, McNabb and Cam Newton got to the same level. They got to a quarterback, they got to a got beat. Bro, nobody's saying that Jalen can't get the team to the Super Bowl. Non-elite quarterbacks do it all the time. Nick Foles did it and won it. Nick Foles is not elite. <laughs> Even though he beat the greatest, he's not elite. No disrespect to you, but he's not. Joe Flacco's not elite. Brad Johnson's not elite. Trent Dilfer's not elite. I mean... Jimmy Garoppolo's not elite. All these guys got the Super Bowl. Some won, some didn't. You can get there. We're talking about a whole different deal here. We're talking about paying a guy. Kyler Murray money. Why would I pay a guy that can help get me to a Super Bowl like Cam Newton? $230 million when I don't have to. You see, the Eagles don't have to pay him that money. If they could continue to win with the East being in the shape that it's in, like we started the program out and the NFC staying, let's take a look at this. Guys, I don't think you're looking at the NFC like how he's looking at it. In the next two years, are you ready for this? In the next two years, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to be out of the NFC. Let's just do this. In two years, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are out of the NFC. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC when Brady and Aaron Rodgers leaves? Who are your top five quarterbacks? Let's think. Stafford? Who else? Two years from now, when those two guys go, shit, get this, Brady and Rodgers may leave next year. You don't know what that psycho in Green Bay is going to do. Staff, give me your top five quarterbacks without Rodgers and Brady part of it. Cousins? Murray? You got to say Dak. Jalen? One, two, three, four, five. Stafford Cousins. Wilson's not in the NFC anymore, Savvy. Wilson's in the AFC. Okay. 
Wilson's in the AFC now. He's not in the NFC. Not Jalen? Okay, then who? Stafford, Cousins, Murray, Dak. Who's the fifth guy? Burrow's in the AFC. Wentz? Well, I'll tell you what. If you guys are telling me that in two years from now, when Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady retires, okay, Stafford, Cousins, Murray, Dak, and Wentz are your top five quarterbacks? Jesus criminy. If I'm Philly, I don't really have to do anything crazy financially at the quarterback position because I can win with Jeff. Jalen can beat every one of those guys except maybe Stafford. Two years from now, with the current group of quarterbacks you have in the NFC, is there even a guy on the horizon? Let's see. Wentz? I don't know. Who knows? NFC North. Chicago? Justin Fields? We'll see. In the South, it's a train wreck. In the West, NFC West, all the quarterbacks like you know Trey Trey Lance. I cannot believe y'all are leaving our out Stafford. I, I said Stafford number one, dog. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Think about that. Stafford, Cousins, Murray, Dak. I can't think of a fifth guy. So if you're the Eagles right now, this is how we started the show out. You're not under any pressure in the next two years. To, to do much at the quarterback position unless one of those guys are in your face. So get this. If you're doing this, hey, man, I hope you guys, I hope this kid puts up 3,800 3, yards, 28. Okay, passing touchdowns. He does that. The general manager is not going to move off the kid. He doesn't have to when the only people he has to beat is Dak, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, and Matthew Stafford. Right? Dude, you got a 39-year-old quarterback in Green Bay. You got a 44-year-old quarterback in Tampa. Those two, two, those two teams are driven by those two guys. They leave the NFC. You have nothing in that, in that conference. How he sits back and goes like this. Why would I overpay for Jalen when I don't have to? He doesn't have to overpay for Jalen. He can go to Jalen and go like this. You're only going to be as valuable to us, okay, as you'll ever be anywhere else. Winston is going to be the fifth best guy. If, if, Jameis Winston's the fifth best quarterback in the NFC. My point is even more driven home. 
Eagles are in no – hey, I never looked at it like this. The Eagles are in no, no hurry to move off Jalen Hurts. There's not – and if you are in a position next year where you don't really like the guy that's, that are sitting around you, where you're looking at the quarterback, like that guy Anthony Richardson at Florida. Right, Xander? I'm not drafting that guy to be the quarterback of the Eagles. I'll keep Jalen. Anthony Richardson, he's pretty good. Is he an NFL quarterback? How many, how many, how many Gator quarterbacks have come out of that place and been like productive in the NFL? Let me think. Rex Grossman, kind of. Steve Spurrier, and who? Shane Matthews? I mean, you're not talking about a place that produces a lot of great quarterbacks. They never have, actually. It's another one of those pit places where you think they have great quarterbacks. They have great college quarterbacks. They don't have great NFL quarterbacks. Like Ohio State, they don't do that. They have one year with him. Fly Baker Mayfield will be the fifth best guy in the NFC. Again, the point is driven home. That's right, GT. If Hurts shows promise, the Eagles are going to go like this. Let's just see what happens with Burrow. And we're going to ride it out with him. And it would actually be a smart it would actually be a pretty smart you know path to go down show promise the first two years how much promise can you show well winning is going to take care of that yeah you know why people are rooting for hurts because of everything that went wrong with Carson Wentz that's why they're going to root that he gets a contract Dude, this Kyler Murray contract, dude, 230 point, what is it? 0.5 million, 46-1 a year, 160 guaranteed. That's quite a deal for a guy who had two years left on his deal. Kyler Murray had two years remaining, and he went to the Cardinals and said, and by the way, he pouted. In that Rams playoff game last year, he freaking pouted. Did a business decision. Hated it. Hated it. And they still paid him. This guy cried and whined his way to $230.5 million. Hey. That's pretty impressive. Yes, me, man. That's great stuff. Listen, guys, you guys have been, hey, so tomorrow we got four days until the start of training camp. Jesus criminy, man. Dude, I am so stoked for the start of the NFL season. I know everybody else is too. I cannot wait. First exhibition games, practices, everything. I cannot wait. I appreciate it. By the way, Hollis Thomas was awesome. Please go back and watch it. Share the show. Like the show. We so love the fact that you guys came here with us again. You guys are making the show just completely explode even more and more each and every single year. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.